talk subtext, don't you worry. Because <laughs> oh, yeah. there is fucking there is fucking volumes of it. <laughs> in in oh, Sam loves Bucky. I don't know what you're talking about, Tim, to be perfectly honest with you. I don't think it was as blatant as you say it is. <laughs> I think you're reading too much into it, in fact. <laughs> Possibly. Yeah, I, w- I was trying to read it into it, and, and I don't think I'm getting as much as like as Tim was, but maybe, maybe we'll see. We'll talk about it. Tim's acting like he's never seen a fucking Lethal Weapon movie before here. You know what I mean? Like this, these are tropes as old as time. You know, like one of them's too old for this shit. Like by a couple like decades, clearly, right? And the other one's the the black you know stick in the mud. Is that how this works? Is that how I think the black stick in the mud is also supposed to be the old Usually, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they really they really like loaded the the rig side of this equation up <laughs> by, you know, making him one of the winter soldier. But you know, hey, Anthony Mackie holds his own. That's like the best part of the whole show is just like the two of them just bitching oh, yeah. at each other is fantastic. Mm. Uh, either way, it's a Marvel episode, so welcome back, everybody, uh, to Dance Robot Dance. This is episode 249. I'm Mark. I'm joined by my usual partner in crime, Tim. Ew. And this week, because it's a Marvel week and Paul just can't skip them, Paul's back. Guten Morgen. Hello, everyone. Yeah, man. Can't skip the Marvel stuff, eh? No, like, no I, can't, I can't Can't quit you, Marvel. I can't quit you. <laughs> yeah, there it is. But yeah, so you guys holding up i mean how's korea doing right now we don't know korea is in a weird place because because it was so successful in terms of it keeping its numbers down although recently it's been like up in like the 500 600 day range we oh god uh, those are halcyon days compared yeah, exactly. to what we're seeing <laughs> compared so, to our four grand a day in ontario yeah well, well, and in comparison, so our vaccine rollout has been extraordinarily slow, and then the AstraZeneca news slowed it down even further. But that being said, I'm getting my vaccine next month because I am a first grade teacher, and we have the kids every day. Mm-hmm. So what you're saying is that all this stupid is not just like in Ontario; it is <laughs> yeah. global. But did you hear about the Manitoba teachers thing where they have to drive to North Dakota to get their vaccine if yeah. they want it now? Fucking dis- just what? Like, come There's on. There's a fucking anyway. school in Miami, like a private school owned by some right wing idiots where they were telling the kids that they, they weren't supposed to hug their parents if their parents had been vaccinated because their parents would be shedding COVID. What? <sighs> I hate I hate this world. They were telling the teachers like not to get vaccinated, like that they might get fired if they got vaccinated and shit. I'm so fucking uh, over the world, guys. I'm so fucking over the world. This Carly week. Morgenthau was right. <laughs> yes. Carly, Morgenthau was- <laughs> Carly Morgenthau and Thanos. motherfuckers. Thanos was right. <laughs> you know, like we could go right just back. You know, a couple years, I guess now to us, but like months. Only, to- only if we get to pick the half that gets snapped. Yeah, that's true. It came I mean, random. like the Avengers stuck around, so it was clearly some of the better people were sticking <laughs> around. You know what I mean? Like yeah. Captain Tony stuck around. Either way, yeah, not uh, yeah that's not the, not the well, new Captain America. Spoilers. Not the new Captain America. It's actually, Cap and Bucky were both gone during yeah. the snap, so there is that too. Uh, let's get into the news. We'll start right off with uh, like, yeah, we're glowing about Marvel, but I'm going to blow up about something else. Uh, Amazon renewed Invincible for two more hopefully horrifically bloody seasons uh the season <laughs> finale was yesterday <laughs> i don't see how they couldn't be after that first season oh, I, haven't, I haven't watched god. the finale yet though oh so my god the, the finale might actually give you ptsd it is just 
Like it's horrific. It's fantastic. Like, I'm it's the so horror horrific. fan here, guys. Like <laughs> I've watched this shit in real life. You know much how how much I love my superheroes done as grounded as possible, where they're just like grinding people into hamburger and shit. Like yeah. I love that kind of stuff, and that's what Invincible is very much so. That is what Invincible does best is what, yeah. like feeling the impact of what superheroes would actually be like if they were around. And like I've only seen the first two episodes, even though I've read the entire run. Yeah. So, but that being said, like it does add a little bit of um, extra flavor when you hear the crunchy, crunchy, Crunch. and the, the splatter, <laughs> and the, <laughs> the, the, the vomiting noises. blood down the back of her yeah. cape, and the, yeah, the yeah. twisty heads, and oh, oh, oh Paul. Oh. You know how much for see. I'm in hell right now because Paul hasn't caught up to the animated series, but has read the entire comic. Tim is watching the show, but has never read the comic. No, I am like. I've read the comic like three times and I'm like right up to date on the show. I'm like, I have nobody to talk to about this fucking amazing <laughs> animated show, but we are getting two more years of it. So hopefully these assholes will catch up eventually. Oh, we can do an episode about it. Well, I'm sure we'll end up talking about this season because there ain't a whole fuckload else to talk no. about that's coming out right now. You you guys say that, but I've got a new season of Pose starting. I've got Drag Race Down Under starting this oh, week. You uh, say that like Drag Race is not like a fifty-two week a year endeavor at this exactly. point. We used to have to wait so long, and now we have now we have Drag Race running hot and cold. And I'm, I'm so what do you call it? Like a, an embarrassment of riches or whatever? Just constant, a constant Drag Race stream. It's, it's just I mean, that, it's you know, incredible. Fra- phrasing that so phrasing, happy. yeah, phrasing's not good. <laughs> A, a golden stream, perhaps? Uh, yeah. Well, either way, uh, you can go stream Amazon Prime and watch Invincible now, as you all should be. That's going to be my geek cred. I'm going to yell about Invincible all week because, like, the finale just, like, <laughs> and I knew what was happening, and I was still like, this is fucking fantastic. So so is it safe to way. say that they're they're sticking the adaptation pretty close to the comic then? It's like a. It's almost like he's getting to do a second pass and like getting to clean up the edit a little bit. It's really good. Like yeah. compared, to, like I just reread the comic and I still thought the comic. There's a couple of moments of like early 2000s kind of gay panic shit going on there, like where they're flying with each other, that kind of stuff. Still in the comic, but it's been excised from that. Like that kind of stuff's kind of been taken out now. Yeah, but it's stuff like that didn't age as well. Yeah, the stuff that didn't age quite as well from like 2000. And I guess this the book started in 2004 or five or something like that. So, yeah, you know, they've added whatever. some Instagram references and such. So, yeah, it's been yeah. updated a little bit, but like it's no, it's really good. Like I'm, I'm really very much enjoying it. The characters feel right. All the voice acting has been like voice acting has been great. The fucking cast is outstanding. Sweet Jesus, J.K. Simmons. He gives a speech in the finale that's just like Paul knows the speech I'm talking about, mm-hmm. but he hasn't actually heard him give the speech. And like, yeah, so you're, I mean, see, this is the limbo I'm in. <laughs> I'm, let's move on to the next story. Uh, apparently, everybody's uh, next summer obsession for 2021 will be uh, Sweet Tooth, which will premiere on Netflix this summer. I think in July, it said in the story. June, I, I think. Yeah, it's it's uh, June fourth. So like, just, just okay. over a month as we're recording this. This is obviously uh, the adaptation of Jeff Lemire's Vertigo book that mm-hmm. Christy loves tried to get me to read I got through like the first trade and I was like no this is like if fucking Wes Anderson made a comic book movie basically it is twee as fuck and looks twee as fuck and this is gonna be like people fanboying and fangirling over yeah. this like they are like Baby Yoda and Groot and shit yeah the story is like so dark though from like what I gathered from like my little bit of reading of it and like the little bit of research I did that it's just like a super grim story so I was like huh None of this is working for me, so I just kind of walked away. I don't know why I wrote this down, except for, like, I like 
bugging you guys about Lord of the Rings stuff, but uh, did you see Viggo Mortensen's doing a movie with David Cronenberg? And like, it did, yeah. I don't know what that's supposed to be, uh, <laughs> but it's got like a crazy cast. It's got Leah Sadu, uh, Kristen Stewart, Viggo Mortensen, all in like David Cronenberg's, and it's a science fiction movie, which is why I'm bringing it up. It's his first one since Existence, 1999. I forgot that he did Existence. Yeah, it's been seven. It's been seven years since his last movie, which I don't know the title of because it's not in this article right now. But the the last sci-fi he did was '99. Cronenberg's a master of this shit. So like, anytime he comes in and does genre stuff, I'm at least gonna be curious enough to check it out. Because yeah, you you at least know you're gonna be in for a fucking spectacle and a mind fuck. Yeah, if nothing else. Yeah, at like the very least, the mind fuck is what you're kind of in there for. So the uh, the movie's called Crimes of the Future. Oh, I did watch Cosmopolis, which was not his last movie, but the one before. I got yeah. way too stoned and watched that. And it. <laughs> Why would you do that to yourself with a Cronenberg movie? It, you fucking idiot. It, it <laughs> yeah. It's, I mean, 90% of the movie is Robert Pattinson in the back of a fucking limo, like driving through a mega city kind of thing. And it just, holy shit, did a number on me. Yeah. It's it's a weird movie. That was a weird one too. I know I watched. Uh, I was like watching Lynch and like getting like dropping acid. Like I was trying to watch Twin Peaks and just like I was like, you know what? I can't do this. This stone. Like, it's not. <laughs> don't. It's, it's, you, it's like, not making fun at this point. <laughs> no, I'm not having a. I'm not having a good time anymore. <laughs> Twin <laughs> Peaks is already an altered state, guys. You can't double <laughs> yeah, up. No, exactly. Yeah, you really should. Don't double don't up. That's, double a good, up. <laughs> that's good advice. That's excellent advice. Yeah. So. I don't know. I'm always on board when Cronenberg does fucking weird sci-fi shit. So that's why I wanted to bring mm-hmm. it up. The next story is like, it's, I think it's for Tim because I'll never watch this show again. But the, like, there's some casting for Titans 3 that like at least raised my eyebrow. So like I'll give them that much. What's the kid's name? Uh, Vincent Carthizer, who was in Mad Men. I always think of him as from Angel. Like he was Connor and Angel. That's where mm-hmm. my first reference for him is. But he was quite good in Mad Men. And he will be added uh, to Titans as Jonathan Crane. I met that dude in real life. That was, it was you who told me that story. I was trying to remember who told me that story. Yeah, it was, it, it was at Niagara on the Lake uh, the weekend that my sister got married. Yeah. He was like at the table next to us, literally, as Alicia and I were having like lunch or something one day. Um, he was there with uh, with his kid because he's married to one of the Gilmore girls. Alexis Bledel. Yeah, Alexis he's married Bledel. to Alexis Bledel. Yeah. And so they were there. They were in Niagara on the Lake filming Gilmore Girls at the time. Like the, I think the the reboot, the reboot or, yeah, or whatever probably. yeah so he was like next table over and didn't i like just on my way out i just like leaned over and just said you know hey didn't want to bother you but just want to say like loved loved your work on mad men he just said oh thanks a lot and then i just left so nice guy that's He's cool just keeping to himself with his kid I actually kind of like this casting. They should have saved this for a movie. Yeah, like, this is because he's actually a pretty good actor. So, I don't know. Like, it's great, Bob. Done- it's just like my favorite. <laughs> yeah, I don't think they're going to be able to uh, top uh, Cillian Murphy as uh, yeah, Killian Murphy or however. However, he pronounces yeah, it. Yeah, but um, like they 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 tried to top the Joker and like <laughs> like look how well that went. Well, so, like, <laughs> could we not? And it's could we- <laughs> twice, twice they've tried to do better than Heath, and they're still just like. Eh. But it could yeah, it could be good. I mean. I'm going to watch this, even though the second season was kind of a train wreck. A uh, kind of a train wreck? Just to see what they do with it. <laughs> uh, kind of a train wreck the understatement of the fucking decade. <laughs> that was the worst season of TV I've ever seen. Just a bad, 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 bad thing. <laughs> so we, we talked a couple weeks ago about Disney not paying some old Star Wars authors yeah. royalties. 
And there was a story that came out this week that uh, some big names like Neil Gaiman and Chuck Wendig are uniting to make sure that Disney yeah, has it was, to pay royalties on this kind of stuff. It was Alan Dean Foster last Alan time Dean around, Foster, and I think yeah. they did finally agree to pay him some back royalties, although I don't know you know, how good of a deal it was. But yeah, now it's they're sort of just forming a big mob to go after Disney, and good. Good. Agreed. I mean, like, Disney has all the Lots money. Lots of money. All yeah. the money. And like the Ed Brubacher, this is the Ed Brubacher argument to me all over again, Mm -hmm. basically. You know what I mean? Like just don't have your original creators all over social media shitting in your mouth. You know what I mean? Because some people are going to pay attention to that. But yeah. Usually the, your core audience are the ones who are going to be like, wait, that guy who wrote Winter Soldier originally got nothing or whatever the case may be, right? Well, the, th- and- the thing is, like, it was such a compelling headline because he's like, I got more money for my my extra my cameo. scene, my yeah, cameo scene yeah. than I did for writing the fucking story and creating the work. And that so it goes to show what Disney values as a whole because they've never they've never been about creating their own stories when you really think about it like disney, disney no. has disney has been gutting the brothers grim and charles perot for a hundred years almost so it's kind of like that's what disney does and so I, I laugh when people are like yeah disney creates ideas and i'm like no they they buy ideas like they and they bring creative people in who have good ideas like that's what pixar Pixar is a perfect example of that also, right? Where Steve Jobs created this studio, basically, to do a specific thing. And it became the Disney model, and Disney fucking bought them. So, like, they didn't have to worry about Pixar going anywhere. And it's the same thing. Star Wars didn't create anything. Just, like, took the universe wholesale and started making movies in it again. Marvel's exactly the same thing. Marvel was established by the time Disney really got involved, right? Like, we were at Avengers by the time Disney stepped in. So they saw a good thing figure like we could probably get this before it becomes like an enormous thing which is where it was tracking and obviously became and they s- stepped in and snagged it yeah and like, they're I, i'm good not for them I wanna, <laughs> like, yeah i don't want to shit on disney it's, it was brilliant and like overall what they've done when it comes to public domain characters is create like like look, look at my wall i've got an alice in wonderland thing that is disney's alice in wonderland not like the original art that was done by Lewis Carroll, right? Like, I love the aesthetic of Disney to an extent, uh, but, like, they didn't create this. They put their own spin on it. So it's like, yeah. So Disney not valuing creators doesn't surprise me, but at the same time, they've got to get better about it now, because especially when there's like the, the the core fan base has a direct pipeline to the creators with Twitter mm-hmm. and Facebook. And they're like, Oh, Podcasts, this- like and this all came out because of Kevin Smith, right? Like, yeah. Yeah. So we, we love Ed Brubacher and we know he's responsible for the repopularization of Bucky and the winter soldier. So let's get his take. And he's like, uh, I didn't get anything for this. I'm basically just stop asking like me about it. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and yeah. it was kind of like, well, that's not fair. Like that's obviously not fair. So, Disney, Disney, what are you doing? Pay your creators. <laughs> God damn Agreed. it. Agreed. Did I have anything else in here? Was that the last thing I, I put in here? Oh no, there was one story we missed. Literally, like right after we went off the air <laughs> last time, they announced because of it's basically the meat of the episode. But like we're talking about the Falcon and the Winter Soldier this week, and they announced right afterwards that they're making a new Captain America movie with Sam Wilson, like slash Anthony Mackie, 
in yeah. the titular role now uh, as Captain America. I hope they're, I'm assuming they're just dragging Sebastian Stan back also so they can keep this, <laughs> like, the weapon vibe they've got just rocking, going for another movie. And, like, why would you not? They've got all the fucking hype in the world now. Give me new Captain America. And with two of the writers from Falcon the Winter Soldier 2, with yes. Malcolm Spellman, who is the lead writer, and then uh, Dallin Masson, who is one of the other writers on the series. Yeah. Uh, so, like, they basically just dragged the staff that made the show and are making a movie now with the same guys and probably five times the budget because movie and stuff. Movie. So, yeah. hey, man, I can't wait to see fucking Falcon with, like, Sam Wilson, Captain America, leading the Avengers in a couple movies. It's going to be fucking dope. Yeah, anyway, yeah. that was it for me for news, unless Tim has anything else you wanted to bring up. Oh, Paul. Paul. I, I always like it. Paul shows up <laughs> and just throws a monkey wrench into my plans every time. Like, I have things I want to talk about. Well, this is give me a Marvel box. news because it's uh, they just announced like 13 hours ago that America Chavez, Miss America in the Marvel comics, is making her debut in Doctor Strange 2, uh, mm. played by one of the girls who's in the new Babysitter's Club reboot, which is better than you would expect, actually. But uh, We'll talk about it later, but like, how fucking fast are they building Young Avengers at this point? So fast. <laughs> just, they, they, are doing, they are doing it, and I can't yeah. wait for them to... Wicked and Hulkling. I don't know Miles, if it's ever going to happen. It means Miles is coming. Miles. Like, that's, what's, <laughs> that's the good shit right there. They'll give what do you see in this story? Them. I don't see this story anywhere. Yeah, I, didn't, I didn't see this pop up. It's on the Mary Suits, on Games Radar. It's It just oh, okay. it just dropped. Just dropped. Fair it's enough. like Go. Zochiel Gomez is the actress, and she is, yeah, she's she's good in that's awesome, Club. And so I'm excited. And more, that means, yeah, Young Avengers is definitely coming because they keep popping up in like larger or more adult franchises. And they're going to maybe they'll do tr- Children's Crusade. They have a lot of stuff to do with Wanda that's because of Wiccan. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. In speed. Yeah. They're uh, they're really quickly building that Young Avengers team. Like I we, we met Patriot like in the last couple of weeks also like that's like actively happened and stuff with like what we were about to talk about. And mm-hmm. I don't know. They got a lot of fucking plates in the air, those boys. So yeah, <laughs> good for you, Marvel. Good for you. Just keep it pouring into my eyes. Keep me alive. <laughs> keep me going. Yeah. I had a couple, I mean, I feel like we should at least acknowledge that the Oscars happened, even though they continue Why? to mostly ignore anything that we give a shit about. Um, the only, yeah. the only thing that, that we talked about that they lauded at all was that, um, Tenet won the Oscar for best visual effects. And I think absolutely fucking deservedly, especially, um, especially yeah. considering, yeah, especially considering how many other effects movies did like got pushed off to, yeah. to 2021. And sure started. as fuck wasn't Godzilla and King Kong. Actually, no, I came yeah. out this year, didn't it? 2021. Yeah. So yep. this doesn't count. Yeah. yeah. Well, I think it's important to acknowledge that Chloe Zhao won the Oscar yes. for Best Director when she's yeah. directing Eternals, um, which is yeah. kind of a big deal. There was a fun story about her like blowing up the Disney board by like asking to do real sets or something yeah. like that this week, and like showing the in-camera photography they were getting. They were just like, "Fine, let her fucking shoot wherever she wants. She's got the eye. Just go. Just give her the God, money. Go." No, go, go. And was really fucking good. It, yeah, it looks good. Uh, I mean, like Eternals has got such a big cast. It's almost like a, it's almost a gimme at this point. Like if the cast is so big, it's almost too big to fail with the Marvel banner on top of it. Like it's a it's a big risk. But like, yeah, like it's Marvel at this point. Like you think they're going to drop the ball now? Who knows? I right. But like, who knows? Fucking <laughs> 24, 24 movies in like, guys, I think we're OK. Yeah. 
And props to Chloe Zhao for being the first woman of color to win the Oscar for Best Direction as well. Mm-hmm. Well, <laughs> that's a, a good time to segue into that. It is Geek of the Week time. Geek of the Week! Geek of the Week! Oh, it's always nice when Tim has somebody to do this thing with. It's Geek of the Week time. So uh, this is the segment where we tell each other the nerdiest thing we did this week. We'll start with Paul. So I uh, started at a new school in March, and there is a contingent of teachers there who play Dungeons and Dragons. And so we have started a campaign, and I am now, what, five or six weeks into our campaign. We're doing like a, uh, it's fifth edition, but like an expansion of it. And I am playing a bear folk moon cleric named Caldvir Moondancer, and I am, yeah, I'm like a humanoid bear thing, and it's fun as hell. It's actually, like, really fun. We get to geek out once a week every Monday after school. We stay behind at our school because it, like, never really closes. You can stay as late as you want to work or whatever. So we just stay there, order takeout, and do Dungeons & Dragons things, roll dice, and kill zombies and things we raided a tomb we uh accidentally made an entire town collapse that was kind of fun <laughs> yeah so just uh we're in our interstitial period where our first quest was finished and so we there's like you have to fill the time so our characters were doing like maintenance stuff and like developing skills and yeah so I started a cult. Basically, sounds like fun. grinding. Like it sounds like you're basically doing the video game version of like crafting and shit right now. Yeah, it's basically that. Like b- developing skills that you can use later for the next quest, which is like. Uh, but everyone, like one of my party members, started a fighting ring. Another one became like a self help speaker in the village slash capital that we're in. Another one decided to like just carouse and so started drinking and whoring his way through the town and (laughs) i decided to start a cult to the goddess of the moon so that was cool it was fun so yeah dungeons and dragons i don't think there is a geekier geek of the week i don't know maybe there is but what is this doing things in rooms with other people thing i don't i do not does not compute any longer we are masked up and we are like our students have like plastic dividers so when we're eating we're like behind the plastic dividers and like we socially distance and stuff like that we're smart about it but like yeah um we also discovered or i also discovered that there's a really great chicken burger place nearby called chickles it's so good oh anyway yeah korea has some like out there restaurant names when they're in english so there you go uh but yeah dungeons and dragons was my geek of the week wow yeah i haven't played that in a long time it's like since college it's been a long time tim what do you, uh, what's up? More PS5 shit. I did get, well, I t- t- last episode I had my PS5, but I hadn't actually like unboxed it and set it up yet. So I did that the day after we recorded. Uh, so it's all hooked up to my entertainment center. I got it working with like the ambient lights and everything. So lights go flashy, flashy when the screen goes flashy, flashy. Then I, pl- I played all the way through Astro's Playroom, which is like the little, I mean, it's a full fucking game basically, but it's the game that they include with the console to teach you how to use shit which for me is useful because i've never fucking owned a playstation before yeah there's some cool like functionality in the the new controller that they're also like showing off to you for that kind of stuff yeah like the the triggers that are like 
dynamic. Like you, it's not just haptic. a binary. Yeah, haptic. Yeah, I have the haptic feedback in the uh, the triggers. Like they have resistance and stuff like that. Yeah, so resistance. Like yeah, you you. It's not just like a binary like on or off. Like you can push yeah. them a little bit to get a little bit of. They've got some interesting stuff coming up in like some PS5 exclusives that are like coming out. Actually, one came out today called Returnal that like I'm interested yeah. in, but like it looks like kind of a grindy. Like it's a it's a roguelike, so it's just like you're constantly dying, which is kind of frustrating. Um, but like <laughs> yeah, in terms of like the, right lo- it, it looks like it kind of looks like Control or like a Metroidvania kind of setup, but like with mm-hmm. the roguelike elements to it. But like it looks beautiful, and like I guess they have some more intricate use of the analog, like the controller, like the haptic slash resistance kind of use in the triggers and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. I'll, I'll, I'm renting it from the library. I'm not paying for it <laughs> first time. So when I get it, I'll let you know. The the DualShock controllers, did those have the little touchpad in the controller too? Or is that DualShock new DualShock 4. No, the 4 yeah. had it. Okay. Yeah. That was last gen. They, they gave us that last gen. It just yeah. becomes, it's just the biggest pause button on the planet. Like that's all <laughs> they use. Like half the time, it's really just like mash the fucking pad to bring up the map and pause the game basically. Um, yeah. That's like what you use it for in Spider-Man. That's what you use it for in I think it's what I use it for in Demon Souls. It's what I was using it for in COD this week. It's like, yeah, you just tap that and it brings up like the pause menu now. So that's just yeah. the biggest start button on the planet. Well, it'd be kind of nice to use that as like a uh, to aim and shit, like rather than using the analog sticks. It might be a little nicer for first person shooters and shit like that. Try holding your hand over that touchpad yeah. while you're playing a first person shooter. It's not going to work. Like it would be aw- like it would. It would be great, but like, yeah, it's not designed ergonomically to actually use as a touchpad, like in a gaming kind of scenario. I trust me, I've thought about it too. I was like, oh, that'd be neat because it does yeah. let you like slide around and like type with it, and it's like, oh, that's way more convenient than using the stupid D pad and stuff. Yeah. But uh, yeah, it would. It's in a weird spot for it to yeah. be using yeah. it for controlling the actual game. So like right now, like I'm I'm just poised to jump on Spider Man, but like I want to, I don't want to have three games on the go at once. So I want to finish off Spirit Tracks or like do like platinum for Astro's playroom because I'm like a hundred percent guy so that I can like conch like clean conscience, uh, get into Spider-Man. We're going to turn Tim into a scary fucking trophy hunter or something like that. Now that he's in the PlayStation <laughs> ecosystem. I've, all, like, I've always been that way. Like even when with like the rare adventure game that I played, like if there are those sorts of like trophies and steam shit, like achievements that, and, and shit, yeah, steam steam usually has achievements. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, yeah, for that or for like like I remember like Psychonauts when it dropped on Steam or like any of the adventure games, like the old school adventure games that got remastered and dropped on Steam or anything like that. Paul and I had to steal my cousin's Xbox to fucking play Psychonauts. Remember when that <laughs> came out? We we stole John's Xbox to play what was it, Halo, Psychonauts, and Buffy? Yeah. I think were like much. the games we wanted to play on the original Buffy Xbox. Video game? Jesus. There was two. Oh, was uh, so and they were bad. and they were terrible, <laughs> absolutely abysmal. But like we were like we didn't know because that back then <laughs> It was such a like B level game that didn't even get reviewed in EGM. There yeah. was not the internet wasn't quite like where it is now, where you would get a review for everything. Absolutely, everything gets reviewed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because there was a, a weird thing when EGM was around in GamePro and stuff, where they wouldn't review uh, titles games. that were based on video license games. That's the yeah, it was a license games for. a lot. Yeah, a lot of them were just like because they're shuffleware. Yeah, for good reason. Up until like basically Arkham asylum <laughs> like <laughs> you know what I mean? like what was it like you first started getting really good games based on established properties uh, was like it around. was inconsistent right because you got some yeah. good batman games for super nintendo yeah, that's like true. occasionally that's true. there was a uh x-men game. there was like one star wars game on super nintendo that we liked i think well there's um, no side scrollers for super nintendo 
Yeah, there's plenty of old school uh, good Star Wars games like the Jedi Knight games and shit. Yeah, yeah. but it wasn't like, you know, AAA people taking care of the franchises as closely as well, no, they are the, now, the, you, you know? got like insomniac doing spider-man and like rocksteady yeah. doing batman and stuff like that or whatever yeah. rocksteady is doing now i guess it's kind of suicide squad right now uh is their next project so i don't know uh, i'm glad you're enjoying your playstation though that's fucking awesome because that's kind of what i've been doing too this week it's it's hardware mode like i started a new job so hardware mode has resumed but i got the yeah, the ps5 and like just abusing the local library because there, nobody else has one, so I can just get the game, whatever games I want right now. So I beat uh, Call of Duty, Black Ops, mod, whatever, the Cold War, I think is the one that just came out. I don't know, whatever. It was Call of Duty, I beat it. Uh, just the campaign, it was fine. I mean, it was fun, like the campaign was fun, but you know, it's like a day's worth of shooting a bunch of Russians, basically. So, yeah. Oh, those Russians. Yeah. <laughs> I did that. I played through Devil May Cry 5 Special Edition. 4k and all that stuff it looks really nice um i had already played that on i think i played that on xbox one but either way and i've been replaying the spider-man games like i beat miles morales and platinumed it it was excellent so i'm very excited for everybody to play that eventually uh and i'm reworking through the remaster of the original spider-man while i'm still getting my teeth kicked down my throat by demon souls a couple hours a day because that game's just holy shit a brutal fucking slog it's fun like it's a good game it's beautiful beautiful game but it is just like fucking hard so i i do like an hour of what do you call it like self-flagellation in demon souls or and then i go over to spider-man and have some fun and there you go kills a night also have either of you seen the new mortal kombat movie not yet i haven't downloaded i've heard really mixed reviews i would get really baked and watch it but even then i was really baked and it was terrible so i watched that last night and it was like it was a fucking train wreck i was I was disappointed. Like, there's fun you could have with that. It's like a schlocky kind of B-movie thing you could have with Mortal Kombat. But holy crap, was it just terrible. So, I think that's everything for Geek of the Week. That's Yeah, mine was just PS5 shit. As, and it probably will be again next week. Because Returnal will probably happen. Alright, boys. It's meat of the episode time. Enough PlayStation talk. Meat of the episode! Super serum infused meat. Oh, I thought you were going to give us the actual title of this, whatever that meme was you were sharing. I can't remember it anymore because it was very complicated about like institutionalized racism and stuff. It was oh, good, yeah. but like <laughs> it's too long. I can't remember. It, it is. It is very long. It's uh, yeah. Like in, I can't remember what it was. Institutionalized racism versus like post-traumatic stress syndrome or something like that. Yeah, <laughs> uh, That's what the show was definitely about. So we are, yeah, yeah it's, it's, we're reviewing uh, the Falcon and the Winter Soldier or I, now I'm confused because at the end of it, they changed the title to Captain America Captain and the Winter America. Soldier. So like, what do we call it now? I like, well, and- I, I was calling it, like I was calling it Captain America and the Winter Soldier the whole fucking time, so I don't when know. When they were developing it, they they went back they and forth. Slipping, like they yeah, started yeah. calling it Captain America and the Winter Soldier, and then they were like, "No, no, no! For you guys, can you just forget about that? Yeah, we want we want to call it the Falcon and the Winter Soldier." Like they fucking tipped their hand so early, like yeah. as though we didn't already know Sam wasn't going to fucking end up with the shield. At the end, they called him Captain Falcon, and then I immediately said Falcon Punch. <laughs> yeah, Jihoon looked at me like I'm fucking crazy but like i was i what? was happy and then black falcon he got to black falcon that was great too <laughs> yeah. just because he's black yeah yeah does so, that mean you're a black kid yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah 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 it's good all right so yeah we obviously we all watched it uh let's do some top level thoughts so we'll start with paul i think that it was a 
good character development show for Bucky and Sam and Zemo, but poorer Sharon and also mm-hmm. the rest of the the storylines, especially the main antagonist group, essentially were it was kind of kind of not great. It's kind of um, yeah milk toast and inconsistent and weird and marvel does not know what revolutionary politics look like it's no. obvious and so i w- i was just a little like i was down for training montages and character moments and baron zemo dancing memes for an hour thing <laughs> yeah that's great but like the overall arc the the plot conflict didn't do it for me, whereas many other things in the show did it for me. So I was on board for completely non-plot related reasons. So yeah. Yeah. Tim? Even though Sam and Bucky never actually hate fuck each other, I do think it was overall solid, and it does the main characters justice, but I feel like it is at the expense of developing some of the tertiary characters. Uh, It definitely had some rough patches, To me, it feels overstuffed and they do some things that end up just feeling like super rushed and sort of glossed over. So I'll say it gets the job done, but in a kind of messy way at at times. See, overstuffed is interesting to me because I felt like there were some episodes that didn't have enough stuff going on. Weird. So well, the thing is, yeah, they they spend like half an hour fix or half a fucking episode fixing a boat and then like gloss over the motivations of their villains or have like eight different motivations of for their villains, depending what episode you're watching. Yeah. Yeah. I wasn't like super invested in the villains one way or the other. So, (laughs) yeah. And like even the the episode where it seemed like there was a lot going on, the the was the most boring for me. Weirdly enough, like the third episode where it's like their figure, everything is kind of like getting, is starting to happen, and the plot mm-hmm. was going on. That was the that episode dragged. I think I was having I was having so much fun with the world building that they were doing more than anything else. And I think that's what I kind of took away from well, it because they were spending so much time. Like we're setting up. I don't think we're not. We haven't seen the last of Sharon Carter. She's definitely oh, going to no. play some kind of factor in Armor Wars. Like that's Secret set up for later. Or everything. She's in the middle of shield again. Like also Thunderbolts. Agent 13 does appear in Thunderbolts eventually. And they are probably kind of veering that way with US agent and that kind of, we're going to have a lot of super teams. How many super teams are we going to have running around the Marvel universe pretty soon? Right? Like we got fantastic four coming around. we got X-Men, which is like six fucking super teams all in one basically. Cause like what X-Force, X-Factor, Excalibur, Excalibur, new mutants, like the kids, all that kind of stuff. There's tons of them. Yeah. You know, we've got three Avengers teams. We're setting up a young Avengers team. Lots yeah. of teams coming up, I think in the Marvel universe. Hopefully we get another spider, but we'll, talk about that later because i still i'm i got pet theories coming up my wazoo based on that but yeah like i had some some like parts of it dragged and like if as soon as i wasn't watching sam and bucky i was kind of like yeah all right okay there's some other stuff going on can we get back to yeah i'm kind of here for winter soldier and captain america so like (laughs) that's what i want to watch guys yeah Lots of, yeah, especially when you're, you're you're doing the politics and the revolution stuff and, like, it's so ambiguous as to what the actual, like, motivation is. Like, what are they angry about? I didn't, I never, don't sure if I ever quite understood what they were <laughs> angry about. Because I think when I read the Wikipedia article, what it said was that they were angry that they thought things were better during the blip. So while everybody was gone, they thought things were better. And, like, now I'm like... Okay, well, that makes kind of sense, but like, but what do you want to do? Kill half the, 
Like you want to kill half and, the people now? Like yeah. I don't understand. No, it was like it was like that they they liked the world better. And this was just that it changed like every episode. Like sometimes it was like the resources aren't being fairly distributed, which like okay, fine, like that's the fucking world. Yeah. Sometimes it's like we want the world to go back to when there were no borders because I, I mean, I guess they're kind of trying to retcon that like during the blip, like anybody could just go anywhere freely, which I doubt was actually the case. What? Did anybody move yeah. around at all? Like, we don't know what the blip was like. <laughs> We're in the middle of a pandemic where the entire world's population is getting sick all over the place and nobody's going anywhere. I can't imagine, like, when the infrastructure collapses, when literally half of life on the planet disappears, that people are like, hey, you know what? This would be a great fucking time to go on that Italian vacation I've been planning. Tour. Yeah. I mean, yeah. you could because there'd be less people around to, you know, get on planes and shit. But, like half the pilots are also gone, right? So, like, yeah. who's flying these fucking planes? Like, there's just a lot of logistical problems with this. There's a couple of, like, little weird nitpicky timeline things, too, because, like, Spider-Man goes on an Italian vacation, like, in a, like a month after this happens. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. So there's all this terrorist shit happening in this, and, like, a month later, we're supposed to believe Spider-Man went on an Italian vacation. With J.B. Smoove. And it was just fine, and everything was cool. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah, so there's just little, like, weird, like... Weird in the universe like nitpicky things but like overall i like i had a good time with it it wasn't the best marvel thing ever it was not the worst marvel thing i've ever seen either so True. yeah and like i'll take basically anthony mackie and sebastian stan like whatever they're doing i will fucking take it all the time because it was very entertaining watching the two of them yeah also uh daniel Bruhl. Like as the third wheel with the with just yeah they made him into a joke villain though they took another like actual menacing villain and were just like yeah he's just a fucking caricature now yeah you don't know enough about Zemo to be making that comment my friend he is he vacillates back and forth in the comics between being kind of a goof and then being like the most terrifying fucking individual on the planet and you eventually him being that goof is what makes him so fucking scary because you you never know what to expect anymore so I don't know I like. It, that tracked true from the comic to me. He'd obviously read some shit about Baron Zemo because, yeah, the, the weird kind of wishy-washy back-and-forth take on Zemo is kind of canon either way. Mm-hmm. So Yeah. Like, I had fun with him. Like, he just felt like part of the team at that point. Yeah. I, and I was... Episode 3 excited me at one point when the four of them were in the car together and, like, Secret Avengers? Secret Avengers? I know it's a more... But, and, and then I was like, oh, no, it's they, they broke them up instantly. And then that that episode was bad until the Dora Milaje showed up. So <laughs> Yeah, was like, there was that. Yeah. So, like, before we go... Are we, are we doing a recap? Well, see, like, I'm, I'm up for debate on that because, like, six episodes is a lot to recap. So it depends I can, on. Like burn, a, I can burn through it. Can you? Because yeah. the last time we did a recap, it took two hours. That was my <laughs> fault, granted. But like, yeah, that's because you had a lot of hate for Man of Steel. Man of Steel, well Superman Returns, Superman Four, <laughs> Superman Three, Superman Two. I had a All lot right. of shit to talk about Superman One, also. So <laughs> was that too? Uh, Donner Cut. I'm pretty sure I had some shit to talk in there too. Either way, there's always shit to talk. I did take recap notes. All right. Well, let's do a let's do a quick recap of uh, this so we can. Uh, People know what we're talking about. So we we start with Falcon contemplating Captain America's shield, which happens a whole lot in these six episodes. He ends up on a mission for the U.S. military, which appears to be sword based on the logos to rescue a plane that's been hijacked by French terrorists 
who will come back later. We get a badass action sequence with Sam chasing some dudes in glider suits and then some fucking helicopters. Spatrock the Leaper is back, first of all, from uh, Winter Soldier. Like, that's oh, Joe that's Pierre that coming is. back. Okay. Yeah, it's Batrock. So that's Batrock coming back. That's why he keeps coming back and dealing with Sharon and stuff right, later. Because right. it's Batrock okay. the Leaper. He's just cool in this universe as opposed to having yeah. stilts or whatever the is fuck he has in the <laughs> I was going to say, that's literally his code name is the Leaper. Yeah, that truck the Leaper. Yeah. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Uh, they do some setting up of the flag smashers with uh, Torres, this one of the soldier dudes. Uh, Sam uh, goes Future to Washington. Falcon also, yeah, he's a yeah. he's a okay. comic character who's coming. So Sam goes to Washington, gives the shield to a museum exhibit at the Smithsonian dedicated to Captain America, saying you know he doesn't deserve it or whatever. Rhodey and Sam talk about why Sam didn't take up Cap's mantle. More Don Cheadle. Every yeah, time. More Don Cheadle. Every time. Bucky has a nightmare about an innocent dude he killed while he's the Winter Soldier. But then he definitely goes to his therapist and tells him he's totally not having nightmares. And she calls him on it. Yeah. <laughs> I like the therapist character. So that was, she was fun. Yeah. She's yeah. been in some stuff that I've, I've, she's always yeah. plays, oh, yeah. she plays a therapist a lot. Yes. Yeah, so I've seen her in a couple of things stuff. before. Yeah. yeah. So. Uh, it turns out Bucky's trying to make amends for all the evil shit he did as the Winter Soldier. He's got that little notebook that's got all the people that he did wrong. My note about this is that uh, Bucky is doing My Name is Earl in the MCU. <laughs> he definitely is. Uh, takes the father of one of these dudes that he killed, the dude that he killed in his nightmare, out to dinner because uh, he's like weirdly befriended him. Won't tell him that he killed his son. Uh, Sam goes back to New Orleans. His sister's in financial trouble with their family's boat. Can't get a loan because he was blipped for the last five years. And then also they heavily imply because he's black. Torres has a run in the flats in with the flag smashers. Full on fucking gets his ass kicked. And then we get John Walker with his most fucking punchable face ever as the new Captain America. He looks like grown up Joffrey. I wanted to hit him so bad in that first yeah. shot. Like grown up <laughs> he Joffrey. He sure does. Played by Kurt Russell and Goldie Hawn's son, Wyatt yeah. Russell. Oh, is that, what, is that who that is? That yeah. entirely, holy shit. Hold, now that you say Did that, you that totally makes Joseph? sense. Like, I, knew, I knew it was Wyatt <laughs> Russell. I just didn't, I didn't track that to... Uh, you didn't know it was Batrock either, though, man. <laughs> fucking know these fucking D-list fucking Marvel villains. I'm expected to know all these D-list DC characters when they show up <laughs> in the movies. <laughs> and then we also we also shortly after meet Walker's partner, the disposable black character, Hoskins slash Battlestar. Yeah. Uh, poor Battlestar. <laughs> We're going to talk about the fridging of Lamar yep, later. We sure are. <laughs> fucking Walker's a total overachieving douchebag with delusions of grandeur. Surprise, surprise. Bucky and Sam are both pissed about it. Bucky goes to talk to Sam about it, and then he's just like, I'm going to come along on your mission, Sam, to look for the flag smashers. I fucking love Bucky in this. He's so great. <laughs> uh, Bucky full-on bails out of a plane and lands square on its fucking back instead of doing the superhero landing that we fully expect him to do he's never been good at that stuff though you know what i mean like as soon as <laughs> he, they took the, the winter soldier programming out of him he's never been really great at the superheroing he like, sticks the superhero landing in the finale though yes no at the end he does because now yeah. he's a superhero because like yeah. now we've confirmed everybody's heroic and stuff they've you know righted wrongs and whatnot so yeah they're allowed to do the three-point landing. That's yeah. it's Marvel code for that person is now a hero yeah, is to is. do the three-point landing. Like that. <laughs> yeah. Oh, that guy's that's your lead now. Three-point yeah. landing, especially with that fucking arm. Like, <laughs> it's awesome. it looks great. 
Sam and Bucky find the Flag Smashers stealing vaccines and medication. Big old fight on top of Mack trucks. Walker and I'm not going to fucking call Walker Captain America because he's not. Walker and Hoskins show up. No, I'm not calling him U.S. agent until then. He's just he's just fucking John Walker wearing a Captain America suit. Walker and Hoskins show up. Red Wing gets broken, much to Bucky's delight. (laughs) And they all blow the whole fucking scenario while figuring out that the Flag Smashers are super soldiers like Cap was. Sam and Bucky talk about what they're going to do about the new Captain America and Bucky takes Sam to meet Isaiah Bradley, who's one of the other super soldier experiments that was like just totally buried and abused by the U.S. government. For 30 fucking years. (laughs) Yeah, Yeah, just like just like fucking put away in prison. Yeah, for decades. Absolutely. And and experimented upon. Yeah. Yeah. Fucking Carly Morgenthau is right. Absolutely. Uh, So then Sam gets racially profiled by a couple of white cops. Uh, who end up actually arresting Bucky because he's violated his parole by not going to therapy. Sam and Bucky have a pretty hilarious joint therapy session slash staring contest. Walker and says not that a they... single kiss between the two of them. Oh, Jesus. I fucking the <laughs> shit out of each other. Walker says that they think Carly and the Flag Smashers are taking the medicine to one of these like internment camps uh, with the was it global not relocation global yeah. like global relocation committee yeah something like that grc yeah gr the yeah. grc grc kept popping up on my screen so yeah yeah, yeah. where where these displaced displaced people from the unblipping are staying while they like figure out where to house them which doesn't totally make sense because like there's definitely like half of the houses in the world and apartments that are just fucking sitting there empty anyways like walker and thinks that like Sam and Bucky should team up with them. Sam and Bucky tell them to get fucked. And instead they go see Baron Zemo to ask about where the Flag Smashers might have gotten the Super Soldier Serum from. So after which Bucky full on helps Zemo break out of prison by causing a fucking prison riot. Whoops. Whoopsie doopsie. <laughs> yeah. John Walker continues to be the douchiest version of Captain America ever. Zemo takes Bucky and Sam to Madripoor. Madripoor! If you are an X-Men fan, you will know Madripoor. Yeah, we're starting to get into some X shit there. Yeah, for sure. Basically a hive of scum and villainy where they have to go, like, undercover. Fun and note. to EDM. Ugh. Yeah. The, uh, the tunnel that goes into Madripoor that has all the graffiti in it that, like, Sharon shows up in later is like, was, like, a mile from where I lived in Atlanta. It's yeah, called the Crowd Street yeah. Tunnel. Yeah. They wanted to shoot it like on location, like they wanted to shoot it in Southeast Asia, but because of COVID, they were like, well, let's just redo an alleyway yeah. in Atlanta that will be easier to shoot it. <laughs> well, as we'll as we'll talk about next week, we're gonna have a special guest that's gonna tell us all about how this show was filmed in Atlanta. We basically get the MCU version of the Star Wars Cantina scene. Bucky just wiping the fucking floor with a bunch of dudes here, like having to pretend he's still Winter Soldier under control of Zemo. Uh some mid-level gangsters. Tell them who's making this super soldier serum and then Sam and Bucky blow their cover. A bunch of people die. They get a thousand Bitcoin bounty on their heads, <laughs> end up running. And That's then a Sharon, lot, man. Yeah. And then Sharon Carter finds them because uh, she's apparently gone to ground in Madripoor since she's still wanted for stealing Cap Shield and Falcon's Wings like fucking 23 movies ago or some shit well civil war but yeah it feels like (laughs) it now uh they all go clubbing zemo dances and turns into an instant meme it was fun they find the dude making the super soldier serum in a lab in a shipyard while sharon carter fucking just kicks all kinds of ass that was my favorite the the only good sharon scene in the entire series seriously uh, poor sharon anyway yeah 
We find out Carly stole 20 vials of the super soldier serum that this dude Nagel made for the quote unquote power broker, this shady character uh, that we'll know like 10 minutes later is definitely Sharon Carter. And then Zemo kills Nagel because like Zemo's whole mission is to like wipe super soldier serum off the face of the planet. Carly and the Flag Smashers raid one of these GRC facilities so they can use the resources to feed the people at their own facility. Carly randomly fucking blows up the facility to send a message. Definitely kills a bunch of fucking people. Doesn't know what the fuck she's doing or the writers don't know what the fuck they're doing with her. No idea. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Ao or Io? Io? Ao? Ao. Ao, one of the Dora Milaje, the the Wakandan female warriors, shows up looking for Zemo uh, because, again, like, Fucking 16 movies ago, Zemo killed King T'Chaka through the Winter Soldier in Civil War. And then Bucky is like, no, 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 give me like eight hours, which definitely is not going to be enough time. Then they get this whole fucking thing about this Mama Danya lady who died, except we've like we only ever see her dying and then dead. Mm-hmm. And but I guess she was Carly's mentor, even though it's really fucking poorly explained, and doesn't feel earned in any way, shape or form. Sam, Bucky, and Zemo find out about this Mamadanya woman. Zemo really creepily gives candy to kids <laughs> to find out where her funeral is going to be. He is a supervillain. Like, I mean, come on. Yeah, but like, but like tempting kids with candy is like fucking like next level, like fucking child molester shit. <laughs> and we cheered him on as he did it, which, what the fuck? <laughs> or we were yeah. supposed to. He got I guess. results at the end of the day, also. Like, you know, he's the one who got the answer he wanted. I mean, he didn't, it didn't help anybody except for him, but, like, he got what he wanted out of the he situation. He got what he wanted. That's true. Baron Zemo, yeah. you know? Maybe he he's creepy. A little weird and creepy. That's just Baron Zemo. <laughs> Walker and Hoskins catch up to Sam and Bucky. They find Carly at this funeral. Sam confronts her, like, tries to reason with her, talk her down. Um, Then Walker fucking fucks things up again, runs in, gets impatient, attacks, makes it super clear he's jealous of everybody that has the super soldier abilities. Zemo finds Carly along with the remaining serum. He shoots Carly, wrecks what's left of the serum, except for like one vial, which Walker like is like fucking I fucks the shit out of that vial. Uh, The Flag Smashers get away. Walker confronts Sam and Bucky again. Ayo, 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 Ayo. Io comes for Zemo. Ao? Ao. Ao. Jesus. Walker. Ao comes for Zemo. Then Walker fucking puts his foot right in it with Ao. And Sam and Bucky just watch for a little bit while uh, Ao and the Dormelage just fucking curb stomp Walker. Just pretty fucking, pretty fucking satisfying. Yeah, it was very satisfying. And uh, we just need a Dormelage. Dormelage fighting around the world series because I would watch yeah. that. I would yeah. so watch that. Yeah. <laughs> we also find out that the Wakandans built a failsafe into Bucky's arm that Ao just uses to disable it and just fucking falls off his body. <laughs> <laughs> That's a fucking. It's a dick move, but it's also a power move. Yeah, it, was, it really was. <laughs> it just proves that T'Challa is always planning ahead, or whoever <laughs> installed that is always planning ahead. Yeah, so. no, it, wasn't, it seems it like was a Shuri move. Probably yeah, Shuri. That's, a, that's, that's a Shuri definitely move. Shuri's Actually, like, we, we can't trust this fucking white wolf. I'm going to put a failsafe in here. Probably Ao and Akoye made that call also. You know what I mean? like, yeah, there's yeah. probably the Dora Milaje who were like, no, 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 no. We yeah. might have to fight that asshole sometime. Give us a way yeah, to get you're that You're not arm giving off this of guy him. a fucking like vi- vibranium arm. And yeah, without <laughs> us having a way to get it off of him if we want it. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, that totally tracks with what the Wakandans would do with that stuff. Yeah. So, yeah. yeah, absolutely. Zemo gets away in the confusion. Carly fucking goes off the rails again and calls Sam's sister and threatens her, basically just to get Sam to meet with her. 
the Flag Smashers capture Hoskins while he and Walker are searching for them. Walker tries to take out on the, on the Flag Smashers, and then we figure out that he's definitely taken Super Soldier Serum. Except the guest didn't need like the fucking Vita Ray or whatever. Well, the, the, they talk. I guess about this how is the yeah. This is the improved version, right? Yeah, they talk about how this is the improved one that doesn't yeah, need it. Nagel makes a better version. Yeah, big fucking fight ensues. Carly throws Battlestar Hoskins into a pillar, fridging, killing Hoskins basically. Yeah. <laughs> Walker goes into a fucking blind ass rage. Becomes totally off- obvious that he's probably about to fucking kill someone, which he does. He decapitates or potentially entirely detorsos one of the flag smashers with cap shield in the middle of a public square with dozens of people watching and filming in like the darkest fucking scene in the MCU so far in a series that included a fucking like axe going through a dude's chest and half of the population of the world being annihilated. Yeah. There's some, there was something, uh, crunchy squishy about that too where it was just like a lot of it was a lot and the, and the way it was shot was very very public execution reign of terror kind of stuff yeah so. well right in the fucking yeah. public square right like right, right exactly kind of thing. Yeah. yeah sam and bucky follow walker to a warehouse they have a big old fucking knockdown drag out fight over the shield walker pulls off sam's wings and almost deheads sam then bucky jumps in and then they satisfyingly pull the shield off walker's arm Uh, Also shattering the fuck out of his arm at the same time into like the bones are tiny little pieces by the time that uh, shield gets off his arm. Well, no, he's a super soldier now, so he can endure. He can heal, but (laughs) like you heard that that crack. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) But like the super soldiers, they're like Wolverine in these movies, basically. They just like immediately heal. So. Well, I mean, yeah, by the time he gets back to America, he's... Sorry, I'm joking, like, plot convenience kind of shit. I'm like, <laughs> yeah, this is this is ridiculous. Like, they snapped his arm in half, and he just started fucking fighting, like, five minutes later. Like, no, yeah, exactly. he's not Logan. That's the point. You know what I mean? <laughs> Walker is back in America. Walker is stripped of the Captain America title and then loses his shit in front of them. And then we get, like, fucking out-of-nowhere cameo from Julia Louise Dreyfus as... I'm not saying Contessa her whole fucking name. The Contessa. Contessa, Contessa Valentina Allegra de Fontaine, who is a long-standing S.H.I.E.L.D. triple agent Marvel right. character. Right, so the Contessa. Yeah. Are they going to actually say that she and Nick Fury boned down frequently back in the day? Cause <laughs> so the, there was a news story this week that like, it's not something we report on because it's one of those like, oh, she had a good time kind of like doing the show. But uh, they were saying that she's like signed on for more, so she's going to be around for a while. Nice. Is it possible that she's going to be in Black Widow? Like, is, she seems like the kind of character who probably Maybe. might be part of it. Like, because uh, that it, might be the thing that they were talking about having a big surprise in that movie that was supposed to pay off in this. Maybe like now because they flipped the sequence, we're going to find out mm-hmm. that like we've already met her in Black Widow at some point. I mean, I'm going to take all the Julia Louis-Dreyfus I can fucking get after Veep. So, like, bring her in the MCU. Let's do this shit. Like, Good on them for keeping her under wraps, too, right? I guess they had to, like, smuggle her onto fucking set. Did you see her? Like, they are dressed like, yeah, they had, like, a death cloak and stuff to get her off and on set so that nobody would know that she was there. I wonder if it burns any of the other Seinfeld guys that she's, like, the most famous out of all of them now. (laughs) She deserves it. Jerry's got his whole... Uh, get comedians in cars with coffee thing. But. Yeah, but she had Veep. Like, there is a <laughs> vast level of difference between the quality of like comedians in cars getting coffee and fucking Veep. <laughs> like the best comedy I've seen in the last ten years. 
so yeah, the the Contessa shows up. She like consoles Walker and then more or less recruits him for something, some shady Thunderbolts. shit. And we'll find out Thunderbolts later. <laughs> we're getting there. We need a Norman Osborn, but we're getting there. The the GRC raids Carly's refugee camp and it sends her even fucking further off the deep end. Bucky follows Zima to Sokovia and then hands him over to the Dora Milaje. Sam takes his shield to Isaiah Bradley, and then we get to hear more of how the fucking government just treated him absolutely terribly. Uh, wouldn't give him his wife's letters. She died waiting for him to get released. And then fucking like the nurse that helped him escape and shit. Truly fucking horrific shit. How am I supposed yep. to like have any empathy for any fucking U.S. government agency in the MCU after this? How are you supposed to have any empathy for any American agency in the real world now? Well. True fair let <laughs> so that's why the dora milaje and the wakandans should be taking care of all of this business but we are you know uh, like basically at this point like the super like this is we're getting to that part of the mcu or like the marvel universe or any superhero universe where the superheroes should just take over basically because yeah, they have yeah. better intentions than anybody who's actually running the show just let doom take over the planet they were constantly well that basically i mean we're, i mean we'll get to invincible that happens in certain spots there you know <laughs> miracle man Y'all should read Miracle Man is what I'm trying oh, to say. <laughs> read Miracle Man. <laughs> you know? When the Superman goes to its like very, very end, that's where you know Alan Moore taught us what's going to happen. And it's Miracle yeah. Man, basically. Uh, we get more shit with uh, Sam's sister and their parents both. The buyer backed out. So then we get this big old fucking sequence where they call in all the favors that are owed to their family to get it fixed up. Uh, Bucky comes and helps too. And he also gives Sam a new suit and wings that are made by the Wakandans, which we won't also see. Also gives him something to worry about with his sister at some point. So, yeah, because she was like, she was thirsty for uh, Bucky. Yeah. Or at least they were flirting yeah. and he was not happy about it. And that was pretty funny. <laughs> yeah, true. Walker goes even further off the deep end, like swearing revenge against Hoskins killer to his parents. Sam trains with Cap Shield while he and Bucky have a big old heart to heart about like basically getting over each other's shit. Sarah decides she doesn't want to sell the boat. Sam nearly kills himself with the shield a bunch of fucking times during the get good training montage. Carly uses the power broker, which by this point is fucking clearly Sharon Carter, to hire this Bat Rock the Leaper. Bat Rock the Leaper. Yes. Okay. Bat Rock the Leaper. Fucking stupidest name I've ever heard. Uh, the, the, KG Beast. KG Beast. All right. There are dumber <laughs> names. There are dumb names on both sides of the aisle. That's why the Leaper is fucking ridiculous. I will agree. You should see his comic book outfit. It's fucking hysterical. <laughs> hysterical. His original. We need outfit. to do that like comic book like D list roulette again sometime. Except do it. Except do it with Marvel characters because I've got the Marvel uh, encyclopedia yeah, yeah. too. So it'd be more fun if we do it the other way because you read the DC ones. It has to be the the, the person who's like the the. I'll lend you. Yeah, I'll lend you my Marvel one. And I might even have a copy of the Marvel <laughs> Encyclopedia. This is me, after all. <laughs> I buy that kind of shit all the time. Yeah, so she hires this uh, Batrock dude uh, so they can stop a vote by the GRC in New York. Uh, we see Walker making the saddest fucking replica of Cap Shield ever. I thought it was funny. I laughed that whole sequence when he was putting that thing together. I was yeah. dying. I was like, dude, just just give it up. I think it's over, man. Get over it. <laughs> uh, Carly and the Flag Smashers invade the GRC, kidnap a bunch of its members. Sharon shows up. So does Bucky and Sam. At this point in his new Captain America duds, which is a lot of, a lot of white. Man, out of comics, at the very least, like it looks very close to like what he it appeared is, in yeah. as Captain America. I'm not a huge fan of that costume, but <laughs> it's comic accurate, at least. 
I hate those. I hate those wrap around like with the hair yeah, out. Yeah, me too. The skull, ca- like the no skull cap kind of things. Like, I hated it on Cyclops. I hated it on Gambit. I hated it on Jean Grey. I hated it on that terrible Jean Grey beige costume from the nineties. And like <laughs> whenever they do it anywhere, I'm like, this is a terrible look for everybody. The, the current Flash, one of the Flashes has it right now. I see it in the comics. I think it's Wally um, does. Yeah, it's a Wally. And I'm like, God, it looks terrible. Why do they keep using that? I know it's because they want the hair for movement and stuff when they're drawing. It works for impulse because he's got like that huge fucking like pompadour, like comic book exaggerated hair, but it doesn't work for Wally. Like I understand why you would want it in in the case of like, you know, you're using the hair to indicate movement and stuff like on a female character or whatever, like in comic books, you know, when it's on a two dimensional page. But like when you, it looks ridiculous on the page. In the flash, in the flash, they just need it to fucking like distinguish which flash you're looking at, oh, right? Because all their yeah, costumes are the same. They're all like, red. Yeah, red. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so. And Sam has short hair. Like his yeah. hair doesn't move in the wind. <laughs> yeah. Like so it makes no sense. I don't know why no, they designed it in the comics that way either. Like it makes no just sense. So he doesn't overheat. I guess. So you know he's black is probably the only reason because <laughs> you can see his hair. Like I can't think of any other reason why you would do that. Like it's not like Steve had his fucking. You're, the top of your head is open to a shot from a gun at that point. Yeah. No. Either way. Home stretch. Sam fights the this Batrock dude. Bucky tries to talk Carly out of what she's planning. We get lots of cool action. Bucky chases the flag smashers that kidnap the terrorists Sharon melts someone's face with mercury. Which, Sharon, what yeah. the fuck? And, oh, and, and Sam's like, okay. And just walks off. <laughs> I'm all on board for like what Asian 13, you know, you know, Asian being assort Asian or whatever. 13. Yeah, yeah, being yeah. Agent 13, just being nasty. Like, she's not... The, the comic character is also, like, a very gray, like... Like, I'm happy for Emily Van Camp for the stuff she's going to get to do. She didn't use her very well in this, but, like, they're definitely no. lining her up to be a bigger character going forward, which is awesome, because that character yeah. is really cool in the comics. Like, yeah, Secret Avengers is something that's on the plate with her around still. You know, all kinds yeah. of cool sword shield espionage horse shit, which obviously yeah, is right up my alley. Yeah. Sam also chases the helicopter that's been hijacked. Walker shows up with his shitty ass shield that lasts about like 30 seconds, calls out Carly. We get to watch Walker get fucking curb stomped again for a bit. Again, pretty satisfying by a bunch of flag smashers. Sam does a really fucking badass stunt where he bounces the shield off the door of the helicopter to open it. And then he dives through the chopper to take the driver out. It's the fucking most badass thing he does the whole fucking series. He's good with those wings. (laughs) Yeah. Oh yeah, that, I loved all that shit that they yeah. did with him, uh, like yeah. sort of using using the wings in combat and shit. Uh, there's a yeah. whole shtick where one of the trucks full of hostages does like that dangling over the ledge thing. Walker decides not to be a fucking piece of shit for once and pulls it back up instead of fighting the flag smashers. Then the flag smashers just attack him and he drops it anyways. But then the real fucking Captain America comes in and saves the day, and Sam safely lowers the truck to the ground. Bat Rock fires off smoke bombs so the flag smashers get away Sharon finds Carly before they do and we find out Kel surprise that Sharon is actually the power broker <gasps> I am I'm baffled that you thought that was supposed to be a surprise like I knew that she was the power broker from the second she walked in from the moment there's a power broker and I was like well it's clearly going to be the ex fucking shield agent who's got all the experience on how to manipulate all these idiots so like who else is going to be the power broker except for the fucking shield agent? It makes yeah. no sense otherwise. So I was like it's clearly also like Sharon Carter does shady shit in the comics all the time. So I knew she was a fucking shady character. So like yeah. if you're an MCU or like a Marvel person, you were like we were just waiting for her to go bad at this point. So like yeah. it's not a surprise if you're like 
a 616 reader, you're like, 616 is the universe, right? The comic Yeah, book you were thing. just yeah. waiting for the reveal like this. Yeah, like, you're totally just like, your she's going bad, watch right? Watch but then, like, yeah. why play it off like it's a big fucking reveal at that point? They may not have caught you, but some Rube totally got caught. Yeah. <laughs> one one Rube gets caught, they they did what they had to do, because everybody else was like, oh yeah, we know Sherrod Carter's about to probably murder, like, a busload <laughs> of kids, because that's what she fucking does in the comics sometimes. If she yeah. needs to. If she has to, no, yeah. <laughs> She's always got a, a rationalization for the shady shit she does for the most part. Yeah, and usually because Nick Fury fucking told her to do it. Also, like, yeah, that <laughs> that's usually but, true, too. Yes. Yeah, or whoever's running S.H.I.E.L.D., Maria Hill, whatever. <laughs> Cat fuck Steve Rogers sometimes when he was running Shield had to do some terrible shit. So there you or go. Hydra. Or well, I mean that was that was a weird thing. That was a separate thing. I'm sure we're getting to that in this too. They got. I mean, they, they hinted at it, but like bring Chris Evans back and have him and Cap fight. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Hydra Cap. Sharon shoots Bat Rock, and then Carly shoots Sharon, and then Sam finds Carly and Sharon. Sam's still oblivious to the fact that Sharon is a power broker. Carly and Sam fight. Or more realistically, Sam just fucking lets Carly beat up on him for a bit. He's got so much puffy armor on. It's not like she can hurt him. <laughs> it's really puffy. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like somebody just went after it with a fucking like eight bottles of puff paint. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's just a bad. It's a weird look. Sharon shoots and kills Carly. Sam carries Carly's body out uh, to the street. A la Superman carrying Supergirl and Crisis on Infinite Earths. Sam unloads on the GRC stiffs and like their whole peacekeeping forces uh, that are forcing people into settlement. Hey, he gives the captain Picard speech. Well, he does basically, but he's basically agreeing with the flag smashers, which he just spent like five episodes taking down and then gives a big old inspiring speech for the cameras. Sometimes the villain can have the right idea and to be doing it the wrong way. I think that's kind of what he was getting at there. I don't know. I, I like the speech. It sounded good. No, his speech sounded good. It's just it's just a big fucking 180 from what he just spent the last five episodes doing. Yeah. The captured flag smashers get blown the fuck up by Zemo's fucking butler. Oh, I love it. Oh, yeah. When, <laughs> when Zemo's butler comes out, that's the good shit right there. Yeah. <laughs> I'm on board, man. Uh, Contessa sets Walker up as U.S. agent, same costume, black instead of blue, and then says things are about to get weird, which is like, okay, it's phase four. We know things are going to fucking get weird. Thank God. Yeah. I'm all for it. (laughs) Finally, we get to see this Nori dude from the first episode again, and Bucky tells him that he was the dude that killed his son. Gives his therapist the book, basically saying that he, uh, with all the names crossed off, saying like he's all done with it or whatever. I don't think that's exactly how you get released from therapy, but... I guess he, he made an attempt. Sam goes back to Isaiah. So, like, my, my question is, who's going to tell him he has to go to therapy? He is the Winter Soldier. <laughs> like, if he doesn't want to go, you got to send Captain yeah. America after him, I guess. Like, if they have a Captain America now, they well, can send after him. But, like, who else do you send after him? The Americans can't do it. They have to send the Wakandans to force yeah, him into got, therapy. Yeah. That's what it is. Yeah, it's true. just, like, send the Dora Milaje. The Dora Milaje are just like, fuck, again. <laughs> therapy by at spear point yeah basically <laughs> i like that they at least did that scene at the in the opening where like they had her like deprogramming him and stuff because like we mm-hmm. didn't really get to ever see any of the, like the this wolf, the show yeah. did more like and like i said i think like when we were at like at the beginning it was, like the show did way more world building that i was interested in than anything like about the actual story kind of thing like my main interest it's, in this was like, a lot of good things about moving the pieces around the board yeah so i mean it, eventually like it is it's still comic book storytelling like you're eventually start lightning in that everything second act stuff you can't you know not you can't kill somebody in every big thing otherwise 
like well it doesn't matter anymore yeah. so sam goes back to isaiah they have a little heart to heart about sam becoming the black captain america biggest tearjerker of the season sam takes isaiah to the captain america exhibit shows him that like Isaiah is there now and that he'll like always be remembered as the first black super soldier, which is great. We end on Sam and Bucky looking off into the sunset together in Louisiana and then they totally kiss. Okay. Maybe not. Yeah. They didn't kiss, but like they were definitely, and then they were, yeah, they definitely kissed after the camera turned away. And then in a mid credit scene, the U S government gives Sharon Carter a pardon, which is going to prove to be an absolute fucking mistake because she immediately starts making plans to sell U S secrets and weapons and et cetera. And at this point, I don't even fucking blame her because the U S government <laughs> has shown itself to be total fucking garbage and deserves everything that they get at this point. I'm telling you it's time for the Avengers to take over. You know, it's, <laughs> it's the way it is. I don't know and that you. is, institutionalized racism versus post-traumatic stress disorder the series hey you almost got through it almost almost <laughs> got through it. all right so yeah that was it like what did you guys want to talk about in terms of like what did you guys like what did you guys not like obviously you guys have more grapes than i did i was just ignoring the main story i knew it was just gonna be like <laughs> yeah all right we're, we're just doing this so we have a framework to put cap buck or well i keep calling him cap because he's cap now but cap bucky and you know zemo in like uh, a situation and have Sharon yeah. Carter bounce in and out and cause some trouble. And I was like, oh, that's what, that's what I'm looking for in this. I got it. And this wasn't my favorite Marvel thing, but it, you can't only make Winter Soldier once. So Yeah. There are four antagonists in this series, kind of maybe five if you count Tessa Val, but she doesn't really do that much. You got Walker, Zemo, Sharon, and Carly, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the flag, yeah, the Flag Smashers. Uh, yeah. I And none of them are particularly well developed and the way that they tend to develop them feels like the bad choices made by other stories and they just repeated bad stories such as the fridging of lamar or carly going mm-hmm. too far and like or uh baron zemo getting the comedy villain treatment but doing a hannibal lecter kind of thing kind of you know <laughs> that thing and then sharon carter being like the most obvious like double agent of all time so like none all four of those things at for the antagonists make for a really kind of dull sit when the the plot is the main thing happening on screen versus the character development between sam and bucky or when sam is taking on the mantle of captain america all that stuff felt really good and well earned and was awesome but whenever it's we veered towards antagonist territory i was like their motivations make no sense like sharon's motivations made sense but the execution on what she became it felt really rushed it felt rushed and like had no impact to me john walker they did such a bad job of trying to humanize him what i would have preferred and i I know this is not great reviewing to to say like what you would have done but i would would have like not killed like made john walker think that lamar was dead and go crazy and then lamar could have been the one to be like hey you fucking asshole like look what you did and Mm. he would have to reckon with that in a more direct way instead of having this weird justification for doing what he did because he's getting revenge he literally gets away with murder the only thing he gets is a fucking slap on the wrist and like he loses pension yeah so like 
everything in terms of antagonist motivation really didn't work, but I did enjoy Daniel Brühl just doing his thing <laughs> on screen, and they really need to give Emily Van Camp more because she's capable of more. I know the the series Revenge was terrible, um, but she was she actually has she's more menacing in that series than she was as agent 13 doing agent 13 things like her melting that guy's face off didn't seem to have any kind of like they didn't even have a moment where sam was like holy fucking shit what did you just do it was more like oh okay i gotta keep going uh you know time's ticking away so so they didn't like make us feel that what she was doing was particularly horrible because again like we've seen the machinations of the u.s government and like her doing bad things to them is kind of like a well they kind of deserve it so yeah whatever. i mean in wandavision the fucking u.s government were total pieces of shit they, yeah. they like yeah they were fucking they like, were they the just main antagonist shit worse yeah yeah so <laughs> it's it was kind of it was the plot related antagonism didn't really work but yeah everything sam and bucky Everything yeah. Sam and Bucky worked for me. So I was like, agree. Yeah, Any, was anytime Sam and Bucky were ha, got to go back and forth with each other was fucking great. The little like white Panther, white wolf bit. I oh, was totally fuck that. I was, I was laughing. Yeah. There's yeah. no, there's a bunch of those bits in there that were like really, really good. Yeah. I read the Hobbit before it was cool. <laughs> in I 19, loved that. That 1937. When I, first came out. Yeah. I died. I was, <laughs> that was like my favorite. How do you know who Gandalf is? Does that mean he missed fucking Lord of the Rings though? Cause that came out after yeah, the war, right? The sermon so, like, memes going around like that now where like, it, like Sam gets to like introduce Bucky to Lord of the Rings and she's like, what the fuck? There's yeah. another book, <laughs> another three books. Yeah. 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 I was really glad that the writers didn't end up like, trying to make them best friends by the end of the thing or anything like that. I I see how that could have been tempting, but you know, by the time we get finished with this, they're just a couple of like very different dudes that have a lot of shared experiences that bond them, but they still don't like, they're not besties. They don't fucking get along real well. They just sort of respect each other. They never do. That's, that's the beautiful part about those characters. Like they never, like in the comics, they've never gotten along. Like they're always at odds because they, they're both kind of fly for Steve's approval in different ways and they go about it in different ways and they hate each other for it. But they have this, like they've kind of turned the relationship into what they have in the MCU and and like move that into the comics. But they've always had kind of like a icy relationship because like, yeah, Falcon was his partner after he got woken up and then cap, you know, Falcon or Bucky just shows back up in that Brubacher run, the, the, the legendary Brubacher run that we yeah. keep talking about because they keep bringing Winter Soldier back and it's a direct reference to that fucking run. So yeah. there it is. It's a, I love that they have that mutual respect for each other in that moment where Bucky's like, I didn't understand. I couldn't have possibly understood the ramifications of a black man taking on the mantle of Captain America. Yeah, because like, he missed all of that shit, right? Like all, like the yeah. whole civil rights movement, like all yeah, that stuff. He slept like he through just, all that. Yeah, he slept all all of it, or he was, well, he was, he was killing people through all yeah. of it. Yeah, so. No, that that I agree. That was all great. It, I mean, Sebastian Stan and Anthony Mackie were both great. Like I give them both full fucking props for this, and the writers 
the like one of the things I will give them credit for is that they really tried to keep true to both of those characters and weren't like drastically trying to rewrite them or change them to fit into, you know, a certain mold or whatever that they wanted to. And yeah, like we were saying, like they got some fucking, both of them got a bunch of really good, like solid comedic moments. Like fucking Anthony Mackie was just hamming it up when he had to take that fucking uh, snake heart shot. Oh yeah. Oh, absolutely. Like that whole, the whole bit where they put him in that like African suit, like, <laughs> like, and he's just like, like I look like a pimp and like looked super uncomfortable the whole time and stuff until he <laughs> yeah. had to kind of strut a little bit to make sure he was selling it. I was like, Ooh. I oh, like that line where really Zemo's like only in America would they think a well-dressed black man looks like a criminal. And I was like, Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, all that, I mean, it's, it's woke light because it's Disney. So like, yes, they, they took more risks than they usually do, which is, is nice. So like, I, I wasn't really expecting all this stuff with Isaiah Bradley, Sam trying to come to terms with the racial implications of a black man being Captain America. And that was all done pretty well. And, and it was, it was just something that kind of caught me off guard. It needs expansion. That story is excellent. Uh, I like, we would highly recommend everybody go out and read. It's called Truth, uh, Red, White and Black. It came out, oh man, like a long time ago. Hold on, I'm going to look it up. And like right down to playing off the the rightful distrust that black Americans have for government and particularly government scientists, uh, scientists like with Tuskegee, which is particularly relevant right now because there's been some trouble getting black Americans to get the COVID vaccine because the U.S. government has done some fucking like historically terrible shit in terms of experimenting on black Americans, so... That uh, I don't know if that was added sort of during filming or if that was that more Tuskegee kind of slant was something that was in there from the start. But either way, it played really well in 2021. Mm -hmm. Yeah. If you don't know about the Tuskegee experiment, look it up on wikipedia it is was a syphilis they gave them on purpose yeah on purpose to see the effects of untreated syphilis on it's just fucking just absolutely horrific there's no other word for it so you know not like ancient history either like this is 1972 this is this Ah. is like within the last 50 years Yeah. yeah so you know but uh, what else? I mean, the, the John Walker story I found pretty predictable overall. And I mean, pretty well telegraphed with like all the promotional stuff leading up to the show, like Sam being hesitant to taking up the mantle. Some douchebag military dude gets it instead. He oversteps his authority, loses temperature, does something rash. Sam re- realizes he has like a responsibility to take it up. So like all that, like I was basically expecting that coming into it, but then the, that racial dimension added a little bit more to that for me that I wasn't, I didn't think they'd go that deep into it. Uh, no, the John Walker stuff. I mean, that it rang true to the comic version of John Walker. So like I was kind of on board. I actually liked uh, Wyatt Russell in that role. Oh, I yeah, he did full it. props. I thought he did a really good job, like making me hate him. And then like, I kind of sympathized him with by, by the end. Cause like you can kind of see his point. They wanted him to be a soldier. And then like, what you're going to, you're fucking, this is me shaking my head at Mark right now. I have no fucking sympathy for no kill shit. Like I don't, I don't like, that's not a Marvel thing. Like we don't do that on our side. Spider-Man does that. That's about it. Everybody else just like fucking brutally murdering everybody (laughs) everywhere. So like, yeah, cap getting some blood on the shield, not historically, always happening but like he i mean he killing a, a defenseless dude that was laying there yeah on i'm not saying back. he did, like, he did that wrong i'm not saying he did, it wrong, <laughs> like, he did it right but like they did a good job of tracking it like the way i don't know whatever you have your opinion do your opinion i'm fine 
<laughs> I think that, like, to an extent, I agree with both of you in that, like, the John Walker solution to problems that he was rewarded for as a soldier was violence. Like he yeah. got, he, they even say when he and Lamar are talking about their experience and why he was awarded the medals of honor was for doing some shady fucking shit in Afghanistan and really horrible things that you should not be celebrated for. But that's what he, so military service is. is like, that's yeah. the way it works. So yeah. that's, that's what he thinks. And that's honestly what U S military imperialism really is so do i necessarily sympathize with him individually as a person no i still hate john walker and i'm still i'm looking forward to him being like oh he's gonna uh, get his face kicked in by a bunch of like heroes at some point it's gonna be very satisfying to watch but like i look yeah i look forward to him getting and like getting his shit knocked around in thunderbolts or whatever team he ends up being under quite a few so uh uh that being said like i don't i didn't sympathize with him in the end especially since like um he had th- that shield montage was uh, like it i think it, what it showed to me was that he was delusional about what the concept of captain america was yeah and so after lamar died he didn't learn his lesson it just doubled down on his stupidity and so like in the moment where they were talking about his service i, I understood him more but when they fridged lamar and then turn and then he like promises his family that he's going to have vengeance for Lamar. I was just like, uh, no, I, this is not, this whole thing is not working for me. When he welds his, uh, whatever is like medal of valor or whatever it was into the shitty, like shield replica that he makes, mm-hmm. you can tell that like his vision of captain America is that it's all about symbolism. It's all about awards. It's all about recognition. It's not about, you know, truly doing the right thing and, and true fucking valor. So, yeah, I thought that that was a, a nice point where they were like, oh, my medals mean, you know, these embody everything I've ever done. So, you know, these are symbols and Captain America is all about us being a symbol. And so put all that in there. But full fucking props to Wyatt Russell for doing a great job portraying a character we're meant to hate to the point where he was apparently getting like online death threats and hate and shit like that because some nerds just can't fucking separate a character from an actor. I hate just I hate fandoms. I hate the internet was a bad choice and social media is stupid and I hate it. Mm. And every time I hear stories like this, I'm just like, who fucking raised you? As who, somebody where? that is in 30 day fucking Facebook jail right now for some absolute bullshit, I agree with you, Paul. Hey. <laughs> Sending death threats. It's the same as like when someone uh, does something on Drag Race that someone doesn't like. They get attacked on social media, and like it's like fuck death threats for something they did months or years ago when the series was actually filmed. Right? Yeah, 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 yeah. 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 And it's like fucking usually racially targeted as well. Like black queens get it a lot worse than white queens do, and that kind of thing. So like that's that's bonkers to me. But anyway, uh, back to the task at hand Vic, start kind of wrapping us up because we are at that 90 minute mark oh i have more things to say of course you do uh it wouldn't be an episode of dance robot dance if we didn't go through all of our 14 pages of notes so what else do you got left i did appreciate that they're dealing really dealing with how complicated it is for the world to deal with like reintegrating three and a half billion people that just fucking showed back up like it wasn't 
done in the most nuanced way, but at least they're fucking like trying to approach that. The actor that played Carly was good. I don't remember her name off the top of my head uh, and I should look it up. Um, but uh, she fuck. What's her name? Aaron Kellyman. Aaron Kellyman. Yeah. Uh, who was also in uh, solo star Wars story. She was pretty good with the jumbled mess that she kind of had to work with. Cause yeah, her motivation was all over the fucking place. Like, did you want a world without borders? You want fair distribution of wealth and resources? Did she want to get the world back to how it was during the blip? Did she want revenge because her mentor died? I'm never really sure if she's an anarchist or a globalist or a hardcore leftist or what. And I'm honestly, that's one of my biggest gripes. I'm just kind of over these working class villains that Marvel's been doing, like Carly and the Flag Smashers, where like people have truly legitimate grievances with the world and the structures and politicians and the way that like world leaders are handling his situation. Because it more or less seems like they're trying to frame politically progressive groups as terrorists. And like yeah, they make yeah. you they try to make you sympathize with these villains and then make them commit some fucking like horrendous act so you turn on them. And they do the same fucking shit with Killmonger and Vulture too. Yeah, I agree. And I think that one of the problems is that like I'm pretty sure Marvel is now getting military kickbacks for a lot of the stuff that they're doing, like the same way that DC does. So mm-hmm. like the military, the the hard on for the military industrial complex is probably not going to go away. And also we have to consider like how much Marvel is trying to sell in China with Disney overall yeah. being like such a huge market. Like it's hard to separate those things like from the meta of like is can marvel make these stories and like it, should we expect them to be progressive when we know where their money is coming from it's like i don't know like morally like i i, I like marvel i want to watch more marvel marvel makes me happy i like watching it but i agree with you to an extent that like they should maybe stay away from these working class villains for a little while because the corporate CEO villain is a tried and true villain. And, uh, you know, yeah, it's a lot easier time being angry with the villains in fucking WandaVision than I did in this. <laughs> yeah. But we are living in a world where Elon Musk gets to host SNL. So, oh you know, it's like, we're, I don't know. I don't know what to say about that other than this is what we got. So, yeah, know. it's just, it's so discordant because they have like these people that are clearly, like their mission is for like sympathy and, and, and social justice and read, you know, equity and shit like that. And then they have Carly commit just like a fucking random act of death and destruction and violence by blowing up that fucking storage facility and just killing a bunch of people. Like just to remind us like, Oh, remember guys, she's the bad guy. Right. Yeah. yeah. It's weird. It's, I, I, it, it didn't work for me. Like, and it, that's why Falcon's, speech well at that point captain america's speech at the end was like it was a good speech and it was was basically the flag smashers manifesto (laughs) yeah so i was just yeah it was a little politically confused but like again this is why the main plot of the series wasn't what i was really going for it was really just like more sam more bucky yeah yeah agreed i mean i can't believe yet that like I mean, I think at this point we're just taking for granted how good 
the effects and production design on these series are. Oh, no, I had tons because... of notes about how fucking good this show looked. Like, it, yeah. like, it, like in terms of production, that's what I always talk about is the technical shit anyway. But, yeah. like, yeah, it looked absolutely fucking fabulous. You should watch the little making of thing. Oh, did they put one out for this? Nice. Holy fuck. That. Some of the shit you thought was real life was, like, completely fabricated. I was, like astounded at some of the shit was just complete fucking fakery. I was like, this is amazing. What mm-hmm. a world what a world we live in. They can just like <laughs> create superheroes and computers now. It's fantastic. Yeah. But yeah, no, like it looked great. Uh it looked like a very expensive TV show. So yeah. yeah. Uh, to, oh, yeah. to go back to the action sequences, whenever there was like a Falcon moment in the air, oh, yeah. he has to rely on his reflexes. <laughs> and it's just like it showed it, it was a great way to like give us the high octane action that we were kind of craving after WandaVision while also like playing to the character's strengths and developing Sam using action sequences to develop characters not something that a lot of action movies do well and even in the marvel universe it, it's been done poorly like I, yeah. I yeah i would say that sometimes like like the the last battle scene in Endgame was kind of hit or miss depending on the character. Like, did great with Spider-Man with the women Avengers, not so much. Well, <laughs> yeah, don't want to talk about that again. And like, for example, Age of Ultron, where all of the Ultron bots seemed kind of weightless and it was just kind of like going through the motions. Whereas this, like, these action sequences were showing us why Falcon is so fucking good and why Bucky is who he is. And I really liked that there was like character development as a result of the action sequences, or at least it was a showcase for who they are. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I agree. And and in terms of characterization through the action sequences, like uh, I thought that in general, they really did a good job of highlighting that Bucky and Sam have very different fighting styles. I think the fight choreography in particular did an amazing job. And this is part storyboarding and part fight choreography of highlighting that, like, you know, how much Sam, can bring the wings and the jetpack and everything into his fighting style and how much Bucky can use his arm in different ways in the middle of a fight and shit like that. Like he almost uses it as a shield on its own half the fucking time in fights too. Yeah. Yeah. It's really, it was really cool to watch. Um, especially since the, the fight scenes, quote unquote, in WandaVision were definitely like character building. They did all those things, but it's not like the high impact, like mm. you feel the crunchy crunchy of the punchies it's not ground level action right like there's a difference yeah. like you're a different tier at that point like you're getting into like spoo like weird mystical yeah. kind of cosmicy like lots of r- bolts of light going all over the place but nobody's really punchy yeah. punching right whereas this is more like we're back into like all right these are like the ground level dudes that are like bombing around new york most of the time punching people in the fucking face like that's these then- guys wanda's not those does yeah, then it also had, like, fucking Mission Impossible sequences. Like, that fucking right. canyon sequence at the start yeah. felt like it was straight out of a fucking, like, Mission Impossible movie. It was done was done super well. Like, yeah. I can't think of any TV series that do- has done, like, a-, a sequence like that on fucking, like, on a TV budget. Um, although it's all fucking, it's all fucking, like, blurred at this point. They didn't spend a TV budget on this. Yeah, so. yeah, like, they fucking spent, like, movie money on this. So. Yeah, yeah. And it comes through, like, you can, it's like the Netflix shows where, like, you can tell it was expensive but like they're still overstuffing like they're still doing a lot more like they're shooting a movie but they're shooting a six six hour movie and it's the money's on the screen but only in certain spots where it's like in a two-hour movie the money's on the screen the whole fucking time kind of thing well and this show is also 
basically a trailer for several future movies as well. So this show, you know, might, who knows if it fucking will actually make money. Like it's hard, it's hard to tell anyways with it yeah, showing up on a streaming service, but yeah. it will put asses in the seats for phase four. Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. Cause so, you're, you're, there's like, well, it's going to sell subscriptions to the rest of the Marvel stuff eventually. Yeah. Right. Like the for, to Disney plus is what they're trying to, that's the main goal, right? If they want everybody to subscribe to Disney plus. So they keep putting Marvel stuff on Disney plus cause they know, like that's what people are talking about all the time. Marvel's been like a phenomenon in the last ten years, right? And it hasn't really slowed down. Yeah, so yeah. like, if you're gonna get subscribers, like Star Wars, yeah, great. Disney, yeah, great. Marvel, yeah, great. Like that—that's way you get people coming in all the time because eventually, like, there's something in there for everybody, right? Like, yeah. Like if you had Disney Plus, this is a completely different topic, whatever. <laughs> but like, if we you had Disney Plus and it was just Disney and Marvel and Star Wars were not in there. I wouldn't give a fuck. You know what I mean? Yeah, there there wouldn't be any properties that would draw me specifically to as like as a series. Yeah, like yeah. like I'm not buying a subscription service just to stream The Simpsons. I can download that. You know, so like <laughs> I I'm probably the only one out of the three of us that would still have a Disney Plus membership, like yeah. for the old old cartoons and the animated features yeah, and that. Kind absolutely. Of thing. If they didn't yeah. have they didn't have like ongoing and like good quality Star Wars and Marvel stuff going on, like all the time there'd be no reason for me to have a subscription to disney plus oh and the muppets i'm i'm like almost through season three of the muppets too <laughs> you have a problem but like <laughs> <It's> so <good. laughs> yeah see yeah but yeah no like they've got all these marvel shows and like they've got the they mandalorian and blah, 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 blah. so now it's like we're stuck i'm stuck <laughs> i have a disney plus subscription so i can watch you know this stuff so and then the other thing um, sort of on the, the production side uh, that I want to call out and that we'll get to talk about more last week is just the production design overall mostly was solid. We did talk a little bit about like how maybe like Sam's final suit could use a little bit of refining. But like generally speaking, the sets and costumes and super suits are all pretty fucking good. I actually I mean, I'm not as familiar with Zemo as a character, but I know him visually and I th- I liked how they handled him. Like, with yeah, the, they did the a good job on that mask because, yeah, that could have been something they could have really fucked up. They've done a good job of doing the masks on the Marvel side since Captain America. Like, they fucked up the first one in the Avengers movie, and ever since then they've been like, "Okay, we got it. We got it. We can't do we that again. Get this right. <laughs> we got to get this right." But like, they've like like their Spider Man mask is probably the best one so far. Like the Zemo mask works nicely. They eventually got Cap's helmet like very right. You know what I mean? Like it they worked really nice at the end. Gave Scarlet Witch a good costume. Yeah, that's all I need to. I know yeah. we're not talking about masks. after after she was in six movies or something. Oh, yeah, she finally got a superhero and, costume. And, yeah, no, true. and I'm talking about like how many decades of comics she's been in the oh, comics. Yeah, yeah. She hasn't really had a good. Ah, co- uh, yeah, Andy you Park. Andy Park, the guy, he's the head designer for Marvel at this point, like basically like Kevin Feige's right arm, like illustrator, like illustration arm or whatever. He does amazing work on the the designs of these costumes. Him and his team, there's a, a team. If you're listening, please, for the love of God, call, please. God, shit. <laughs> but yeah, no, the, uh, the, the production design and stuff, like when you go look at it and like, I, I love the, like the art books for these things and all that kind of stuff. Cause it's just like all those super cool paintings and like translating bizarre comic book stuff to real life like adapting some of these costumes i can only imagine it's just like a chore and a half like that cap costume like 
Yeah, I had some issues with the design of it too, but I had some issues with the design of it when it originally showed up in print in like 2009. Yeah. So like, it's, Sam can't ever keep those fucking goggles on straight. No, they always seem a little bit always all up from his eyes. <laughs> you should watch the special effect or the making of thing that's on Disney Plus because they they talk about how like they see like every shot of him in the costume had CGI on it to make sure like it wasn't folding the way they didn't want it to fold because mm-hmm. that ring weird head piece like doesn't sit nice on people yeah right? you so, turn your head like half an yeah. inch to one side and it folds and there's or gaps yeah, yeah it's it, yeah. so i guess they were cgiing it a lot but no it's just <laughs> bad and it's, i don't like the white i think the white is too white yeah it just <laughs> it's too much to be, white too it's yeah, yeah it just Either needs way. to be like um grayed up just a tad so it's not like uh yeah. I, like you know i'm wearing uh iridescent clothes to jog at night kind of thing you know it looks like night jogging clothes hey maybe that's part of the racial thing right it's like they can't can't complain that they couldn't see him and run him over some shit jesus (laughs) well that's in the episode now so there's that (laughs) and i just have a couple i do have a couple of other gripes one we've kind of touched on but like story-wise yes when i'm with you paul like when it wasn't about Sam and Bucky. It was kind of all over the place. Like looking back, I mean, the obvious comparison here, the only other Disney plus series we have for comparison is WandaVision. And I found WandaVision, which is a story about illusions and fake worlds and magic and trauma and mental illness. I found that easier to follow than this overall. (laughs) I think because the WandaVision was like razor, like sharply laser focused on, just the two characters it was wanda and vision story and then like there yeah there was the like the b team outside with monica and like people had some issues with the way monica's story was handled to be fair but like overall it was a much tighter group and like the it was i think it was more well thought out as a whole uh Mm -hmm. because like the the way that the the conflicts merged was better integrated storyline wise. Whereas the various conflicts, because the antagonists motivations were so half baked, we were having some issues with like caring about it. Like, and that third episode until (laughs) AO shows up, I was like, and, or, and the Sharon Carter ass kicking sequence was awesome. But like, and other than that, I was like, it was long. Yeah, and because of that, like, I I think it just has to do with direction, vision, and writing overall. But, like, a bunch of the storylines end up feeling underserved here. Like, the ones that I would point out would be, like, the girl, the Bucky's love interest, the girl at the sushi restaurant. Like, we see her in the first episode and don't see her into the end. And then same with Nori. And then also, like, John's relationship with his girlfriend is, like, just fucking barely there. Like, to the point where you might as well just have him be single. Like, I don't, I don't see how she served any fucking purchase, uh, any fucking, uh, she, she, her purpose was to look exactly like Alexandria Ocasio-Cortez. That was what, (laughs) or like, she and I were like, Like, that's what I kept. Yeah. uh, well, like we were, I was like, does she not look like AOC? And like, she was like yeah, she looks. That I was like, what? They did that on purpose. <laughs> they did that on purpose for sure. Yeah. So it was, yeah, it was kind of like, why add that thing if you're not going to do the thing with it? Very not like not fully Chekhov's gun, but like it was, it was a little overstuffed and undercooked in some. Yeah, very basically any time, almost any time that Sam and Bucky weren't on screen. Yes. 
And and the other thing that no, there were a couple things that just never quite rung true to me, like what they did with Sam and his family's finances. I find it I, like I know why they did that, but I find it pretty hard to believe that Sam couldn't have gotten some financial assistance from any of the other Avengers. Like if he went to Peter and said, like, hey, you know, those like billions or like trillions of dollars you inherited from Tony. Can I borrow like a tiny fraction of that? Like so that my family can live? I 100 percent agree. But like <laughs> uh, he was off the grid with Cap up until Infinity War and then was snapped. So like he was a he was a criminal ostensibly from civil war until infinity war and then Peter was also was blipped yeah but he was blipped he was a high school student before and then he got tony <laughs> stark's inheritance so like he's fine you know what i mean so, it just means that like when peter, cap, peter is when like cap peter is the avengers time, bank now before cap went back in time he didn't take care of his boys is what it meant you know what i mean he let <laughs> bucky and sam out to fucking swing didn't yeah. get tony to cut either of them a check actually sam no, needed tony to go dead. back and set up fucking trust funds for yeah. Sam and Bucky is what yeah. fucking Steve. You need to go talk to Pepper. In the past. <laughs> Actually, no, he couldn't even talk to Pepper because Pepper Happy. probably thought he was a piece of shit, right? Yeah. They, <laughs> they weren't getting along until he showed back up in Infinity War, right? It's like nobody gets hmm. along. He had to go to T'Challa. There you go. Steve goes back in time and he fucking like makes investments in Sam and Bucky's name in fucking Apple, Apple. in the 80s. Yeah. <laughs> And that's how he fucking sets up Sam and Bucky for life. The only problem so is he, had, he didn't set, he didn't set he he fucked up the date of the cash in or the cash in <laughs> on the trust. So they just don't know yet. So like, by when we get to Captain America, they'll be like loaded for no yeah, reason. Exactly. Like Steve left us this Apple stock, and it's just fucking driving here. around in Lambos and shit. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. It just means nobody who's on the Avengers is getting paid. I guess is what it basically means. So like, I would like. Why did they not just go to T'Challa? Like he Bucky knows the fucking king of wakanda <laughs> that too <laughs> like, there's lots yeah. of people they could have yeah. gone to the king yeah. of wakanda you know what i mean i bet she's got some money in the bank you know what all that vibranium <laughs> they've got stored there this is true yeah. and like sadly you know that there was a rumor chadwick was going to be in this and i was like well mm. that's sad but they need to they need to address the money issue in uh, the movie mcu in general like yeah. because like what what about wanda and vision they could that's the only house they could have yeah afford. exactly in but the fuck new jersey yeah i know that that was kind of the point like there was there was like a storyline justification for it to some extent i can't really remember something about like that's like what home is supposed to look like kind of thing hmm. Like, were, did they have to finance that themselves? Did they have to get a mortgage? Like, they were, they were let's, both... Let's be honest. Too. It wouldn't be Marvel Comics if the characters weren't all fucking, like, cash-strapped, uh, loveless, and, like, yeah. almost ready to die from... Or, like, have an aunt that's ready to die from some, like, horrible <laughs> fucking neurological but, disease or whatever. But that's, like, that's how it works. thing. No, that's it's everybody's thing. thing, Paul. You read the same books I do. They all I suffer know. horribly. All that, unless, unless you live in the rich uh, professor's school or... Or are like what, that the, school gets torn down every three weeks, Tim? Those and yet they always have, have the and time. yet they always have the money to rebuild it, don't they? Well, Xavier is a white rich man, so of course he's got <laughs> exactly. the money. He's also got an army of mutants to help him rebuild his house every time it gets torn down by the juggernaut. Yeah. Yeah, it's fucking you know? indentured slavery with the students. At it's the part of the tuition. Magneto was right, Tim. Magneto was right. <laughs> <laughs> All right. My very last, like, most nitpickiest uh, gripe is that, like, I definitely have some trouble believing that any non-enhanced human could successfully catch 
cap shield without their arm just being fucking shattered into pieces. Yeah, that's a point well, in the comic. He has to be he has to be armored up and enhanced to use that shield in the comics yeah. because like he like, it, yeah. And not to mention that the shield could be used as a throwing weapon without it just caving in the skulls or chest cavities of any any unenhanced person that is hit by it. Like when Zemo gets the fucking yeah, like that's thing what I was the, thinking about. Yeah. yeah, when Zemo gets He's the dead. fucking yeah his like that fucking thing would have like put a three inch fucking like deep gash into his brain. Depending on how hard he threw it, it kind of gone right through him. It is a vibranium <laughs> disc being hurled by a super soldier. You know what I mean? Like it go right. Yeah. Watch Invincible. You want to see how this shit really happens? Yeah, exactly. Watch Invincible and watch people get cut in half by superpowered people. I'm good <laughs> like with the casually. super soldier. Like, I'm good with John Walker being able to do that shit yeah. after he takes the serum. I'm good with fucking Bucky doing it. I'm good with Cap doing it, with Steve doing it. But, like, anybody else, I'm like... <sighs> That kind of takes me out of it because like and it's half of it is the sound effect, like the sound effect that they put with that thing. So suggests that there's some fucking meaty ass weight to that shield. Yeah, like it's not like some like really lightweight alloy or something like that. And that's why they can fucking throw it around with that. Like, no, that fucking thing is heavy. Well, you can tell just like the way they hold it, like that the prop, the prop actually is heavy. And I, I held yeah. one of them at the, the Avengers thing in Vegas. It's like a solid like 10 pound fucking hunk of steel on your arm so like when they, they're throwing it around it looks heavy when they're moving it and these are supposed to be enhanced people carrying around it so yeah when yeah. like Zemo got pegged inside of that I was like oh shit they just killed Zemo in yeah, episode exactly. 3 what the it's fuck like, no he just falls on the ground not even like a mark not a mark on his fucking face he's perfectly fine you're gonna yeah. be doing a lot of that in Spider-Man just so you know like <laughs> oh wait did I fling that guy off a building by accident oh shit <laughs> nobody saw fun. it it's fine yeah exactly <laughs> web sling away yeah <laughs> So, all right, let's uh, let's wrap this fucking long ass episode up. <laughs> let's do some like like rate and review this thing here. We'll start with Tim. Uh, for me, the- anyway, that somebody else could talk for a while. <laughs> uh, this is like a seven and a half out of ten because it was good, but like especially coming off the back of Wandavision, which was like truly something like revo- yeah. revolutionary level like new and interesting it definitely doesn't reach the same heights and it is just kind of like it's uneven like it the it does great things with sam and bucky but it doesn't do much with anybody else fair paul yeah same uh i would say seven 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 point five yeah let's say that because yeah, i have the same gripes when it comes to the overall storytelling and but overall yeah i really love the sam and bucky stuff i'm looking forward to sam as cap and yeah, this did. This also did feel like a uh, place setting. It's a stepping stone series. Yeah, stepping yeah. stone into something else more than its own thing. Yeah, this is. But this is like in the comics. It's the story that happens before the Red Skull shows back up. You know what I mean? Like you mm-hmm. do like some setup and stuff. So it's pretty standard comic book storytelling to me. Sorry, I don't mean to interrupt you. Yeah, <laughs> and the second half of the series, I think, did, is better in terms of that because we finally get sam stepping up into the mantle of captain america and so i really love that part of it and i love bucky finally getting his shit together and i look forward to especially contessa val she's like the thing i'm looking forward to the most besides sam cap julia louise dreyfus was having so much fun and that just oh. in the limited time that we saw her and I, I just she's a delight to watch on screen even when she's being viciously horrible to all of her staff and veep so in fact she's that. actually more enjoyable to watch when she's being viciously horrible oh, to her staff and veep. so like <laughs> yeah. really so the good. worse she is the more entertaining she is uh she is a national treasure 
uh, and yeah. should be treated as such. So, yeah. Agreed. So looking forward to that and looking forward to her chemistry with Sam Jackson later on. In oh, God, that's that. going to be amazing. Be I didn't even... Yeah, it's going to be... Secret invasion. Make, make Sharon a Skrull. I'll be okay with Sharon if she's a Skrull. That upsets. That's entirely possible at this point because that is also a thing that's going to happen at some point. And then and then and then bring yeah bring uh, Nick and Contessa together in Secret Invasion too. Works for me. Yeah. Sam and Nick or uh, the Nick Fury in the comics and her have like a long-standing relationship. No reason to not have it here. Yep. Yeah. So for me, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna be more generous here and give it an eight, like a flat eight, um, because it's only six hours. And after having sat through like season three of Jessica Jones or season one of Iron Fist fucking 13 episodes <laughs> six episodes of this i was like i'm completely fine with all of this yeah some of it's a little slow but like it's still only six episodes so like mm-hmm. whatever i had a really good time with it overall yeah it's not it wasn't like a crazy new thing like wandavision is it doesn't look as insane as loki is like tracking the because that looks like bonkers weird cosmic time travel shit that like i don't Contessa want said things are about to get weird <laughs> yeah well i don't think she like the earthbound people have half a fucking idea how weird the <laughs> like cosmic marvel shit can get so yeah i'm very very excited for that so yeah i'll give this an eight like an eight then that's it basically uh i had a good time with it and i'm looking for like this was right up your alley this is like you you love that fucking the marvel spy shit yeah. marvel spy stuff is like my like if it if it's not spider related like i am in like shield yeah captain america bucky like they, these are my like main marvel characters like these are the avengers that i follow out into their solo books and stuff like along with spidey and logan basically so yeah i'm a captain mm-hmm. america fa- like stan at this point and have been since, like i know we keep bringing up the fucking brubacher run but it was that brubacher run that brought me in so like so pay the man have money because <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> like the reason i'm here like still reading comic like that was that arc was huge for me getting back into marvel like on the 616 side because i was reading all ultimates at that point and that brubacher run really brought me back into like cap which brought me back into the mainline avengers books as that started like all that stuff was going on so yeah i was on board i can't wait to see that movie man that's gonna be fucking dope i'm I excited so. I, I, i'm excited to see what villain they put up against uh sam as, yeah, uh, oh, there's lots of cool fucking stuff they can call from. Maybe not use flag smashers anymore. Let, just let me watch fucking Sam beat the shit out of some white supremacists, please. Please give yeah, me that. actual yeah. Nazis. Actual mm-hmm. Nazis. As opposed to like saying Hydra was actually the force behind the Nazis. Well, it's still Disney, right? Ooh, there's that sad, weird mm-hmm. little joke there. All right, <laughs> uh, it's geek cred time. So this is the segment where we recommend something to you. And I'll start with Paul this time. Um, I'm going to go off of my uh, my Geek of the Week and recommend that if you have the opportunity to do a Dungeons & Dragons campaign and you have the patience for it, or if you've ever been like interested in doing it, it can actually be super fucking fun. And I do a weekly thing with my coworkers, and it's been kind of a blast to... I don't know, just live in a different world for a few hours where you get to like make up your own backstory. You get to be someone else and kill some monsters and be part of like your own fantasy story for a little while. It's kind of cool. I like it. Um, not cool. Like it's not, it's not cool at all. It's the opposite of that. Hey, it, that shit is like fucking cool right now. Like D and D shit and is critical has made role. a comeback. Yeah, yeah, and you know, if we're in a new era of satanic panic, um, after <laughs> you know, Lil Nas X pole dancing on the devil thing, oh, you know, Hail Satan, yeah. guys, just praise Hail him. Satan. Yeah, 
nothing says satanic panic like a dungeons and dragons campaign so get on it because it's fun and you get to if you want there's an expansion to 5e like a homebrew called midgard which is what i'm doing right now and they have bear people and like bird people and stuff like it's like a furry extravaganza except that's not really why i'm into it but like (laughs) but it was fun yeah it it turns yeah no one's going there because we're all like polite coworkers, but I and I hope nobody goes there because that's going to be a no. That's going to be that. a, that'll be a funny moment, is what that'll be. <laughs> yeah, but uh, it's been a lot of fun, and uh, if you have a good DM, it makes a big difference. The DM for my campaign is that like just knows all things D and D and is really good. So Dungeons and Dragons, go do it if you have the opportunity because it can be a lot of fun. So two things. One, you mentioned uh, Lil Nas X and Montero. Paul, I feel like you will be pleased to know that Alicia is putting together a panel for an academic conference where they look into sort of the uh, the mythological underpinnings of the Montero video. Oh, so I love that. I love that. I love that on so many levels. That's the kind of academia I'm here for. Gay. It's also like a total fucking like troll like troll presentation as well because it's a conference where there's like totally going to be a bunch of old fucking conservative religious people because it's like an inklings like Tolkien conference where like half of the people are like Jesus freaks so give me give me all that yeah and and two like Mark and I and I think we mentioned this on the podcast before like we've toyed with the idea a bunch of times of like doing a D&D campaign like for a few episodes on the podcast and then we've just never pulled the trigger on it so yeah feel like something. it'll happen it's gonna happen eventually I can take my experience and knowledge and maybe I can uh, like assist in some capacity we, or partake I know I know a few people that like are pretty serious DMs that like DM a number of games or have like DM'd like pretty extensively so like jason mark that you met yeah yeah jason's uh mentioned dming for us before so yeah i'm all for rolling a different character because you know like part of the fun is creating your character and his and their backstory i'm just scratching the surface of called veer moon dancer so if (laughs) it's so so good um but uh what's the fucking thing from community it's uh so and so the the well endowed oh yeah the one that I don't, not Britta, but uh, Annie takes it. It was meant for, uh, oh, it was meant for Donglover. Oh Remember? right, uh, Abed oh, makes shit. the characters and hands the, hands the things out, and Annie grabs the one that was meant for Troy, and it's like <laughs> Hector the Well and Hector the Well and Down. That's it. Hector the Well and Down. She's like Hector the Well and He's like that was meant for Troy. It's a fucking best <laughs> joke. <laughs> like, in an episode of Fantastic D&D Jokes, that was like the fucking funniest thing in there. Yeah. Oh, so good. Anyway, Tim, what was your key card of the week? I'm going to go off of my usual reservation, and I'm going to talk about a Western movie. For some reason this week, I just felt like watching a fucking Western. And so I watched True Grit, was by the Coen brothers like 10 years ago. Excellent film. And yeah, with Jeff Bridges, Matt Damon, Josh Brolin, and the debut of uh, Haley Steinfeld. Mm-hmm. As like Love a Haley Steinfeld, yeah, as like a fourteen-year-old fucking badass kind of thing. Um, yeah. Super well written, and uh, unlike, I mean, the Coen Brothers have a history of doing movies that kind of do like satirical or sarcastic takes on various genres and stuff like that but this was just a fucking straight up love letter to westerns and it was one that had just like slipped by me when it came out and that i'd been meaning to watch for ages so just a solid well shot really earnest western modern western 
Yeah, True Grit's really good. I enjoyed it also. Cool. Yeah. All right. Um, for me, yeah, go read Truth, Red, White, and Black. It is a 2003. I can't believe it's been that fucking long since this book came out. But 2003 limited series uh, written by Robert Morales and drawn by Kyle Baker. It was published by Marvel, obviously, because uh, it's a Captain America story. And it follows the comic book origins of Isaiah Bradley, who eventually feeds out into, like, Patriot and the Young Avengers and stuff. But it goes through that. And it, the, obviously, all the Tuskegee stuff is way more, like, on the face in the comic book because... It's not a Disney production. It's a, you know, pre-Disney Marvel comic. So they used to be able to get away with shit like that in print. So I highly recommend going to read it. It's It puts the Captain America like character in a different light a little bit, but it's still, it's worth going through, especially if you're into that side of this story that we just talked about. Uh, more background. And I'm hoping they do more of this stuff. Like they, in some way, shape or form, touch on this story in a live action thing. Because I think it's worth doing for everybody to see not just like the comic people kind of thing or because i feel like they're aging up that actor quite a bit i mean i know he's an older actor but like i feel like they're really making him feel like he was fucking well, he's supposed 80s. to be he's supposed to be a, a korean war veteran and it's 2020 yeah. so like yeah i mean that's the sort that's the comic book origin he was a korean war veteran uh in the no comics. that's what they that's what they did here too that they say in here too yeah, yeah. that's where he uh fought against bucky oh yeah right that's war. right yeah. it's exactly yeah exactly so yeah so yeah he'd be I mean, up there by now, like Korean War is like, was that the fifties? Yeah, yeah, uh, right, fifties, yeah. early fifties. So, yeah, early fifties. So yeah, that would be a, a fair chunk of time. So, but yeah, absolutely. Yeah, read Truth, Red, White, and Black, and uh, also watch Invincible. I mean, <laughs> what's his name's got all your money already because he made The Walking Dead, but like Invincible's what? excellent. So I thought you were gonna say Bezos. Oh no, Bezos! I mean, Bezos and Kirkman have all your money. Bezos, Bezos already has all your money. Yeah, yeah I mean, he's, he made a bunch of money off me this week too. So whatever, <laughs> good old Amazon. All right, everybody, we're done for the week. Thank you for listening. This has been episode two hundred forty-nine of Dance Robot Dance. If you haven't already, please subscribe. You can do that from any podcasting app via Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Stitcher, or Spotify. If you have any thoughts about anything we talked about this week, uh, you want to talk to us about Captain? Oh my God, I, I still don't know what to call it. I want to call it Captain America and Winter Soldier. So institutional racism and post-traumatic stress disorder. I, I'm too stoned. I'm too stoned to remember something that long, Tim. It's not <laughs> happening. Um, yeah. So if you have any thoughts about that, you can hit us up on Facebook at facebook.com slash dance robot dance podcast on Twitter at DRD underscore podcast, or you can email us at dance robot dance podcast at gmail.com. Uh, I'm Mark. You can follow me on Instagram at MT underscore Willette or on Twitter at M underscore Willette. Buy a print at BlackRingGallery.com. Uh, I've been here with my brother, Paul. Thank you for coming out for another Marvel thing. Always a pleasure, guys. Knock on your door when Marvel stuff comes out. So. <laughs> yeah, I'll, I'm looking forward to Black Widow and Loki. So, you know, that's going to be a thing I'm going to be absolutely on board for. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah Loki looks like it's going to be a lot of fun. And uh, Tim is here. And you can follow Tim at DRD underscore Tim on Twitter. You can. So yes, there's that. he is on the tweets now. And uh, I will say um, stay tuned next week where we will have one, an anniversary episode, our 250th episode, and two, something a little bit different and a special guest that did some work on Falcon and the Winter Soldier. We are very excited. This is why you should have given it a better review. <laughs> Either way. This is, why, this is why we did not have this person on this episode. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyway, we'll talk to you guys next week. Bye. Bye.